Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Tuesday, July 26th, the Wise Guys are live from our undisclosed location here in Provo, Utah. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler. It's great to have you with us. And for all who are joining in, we're going to have a big night tonight. This is undisclosed. Right when you say yeah, it's undisclosed, undisclosed. location, yeah, we've, we we haven't we but, haven't, but it's in Provo for security reasons. Yeah, we've given them the city. It's in Provo and it's in our friend's basement. Yeah, we've <laughs> we've told them that too. But but so, which basement? Yeah, that's the that's thing that you. we cannot reveal. You know, because so. we've got we got folks coming in over the next few weeks. Marie Osmond's going to be yep. here. We have to kind of keep that. You yep. know, got to keep it all under security wraps. reasons. Yeah, Robbie Bosco is going to be in the same another, day. Another security. Marie, Marie and Robbie together. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I love because they're good friends. That's so. going to be awesome. That's coming up August 16th. But, uh, yeah, the hits keep coming. Mark Pope's going to join us here coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, Mark Wilson's going to be with us next week. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I love Mark. It's going to be it's going to be a good time. We're just fresh off of uh, after further review. It just wrapped up a couple of minutes ago on the BYU TV app. It'll stay on the app forever. You can watch it after our show. Watch it tomorrow and watch it ten times after that. But tonight we featured Tyler Algier and uh, one, it was great to have the band back together. You, me, Nixon, and and our crew, and and, and it ended summer. Summer's officially over. Yeah, and, and it, we remembered that we hadn't done an AFR since December. Yeah, but it sure didn't feel like that. No, felt like the band was just right back together. We didn't even have a practice session, and it seemed like we were right back together. It must be like how the Rolling Stones are. They're they're exactly. apart, and then they show up and they just play "Start Me Up." It's like, a, it's like riding a bike. Yeah. So. It, although you know, some people, when they get back on a bike and they haven't ridden for a long time, they fall. But we <laughs> or did. they're sore the next day. If yeah. you're sore tomorrow, we'll, we'll understand. Yeah. What we did in that show was we went blow by blow from Algiers start to finish last year of his season where he chased Luke Staley and then passed Luke Staley for the single season rushing record. And it was, it was cool to see all that video again. Yeah, and as we put the show together and, and you know, and Dave, you were writing the show and we're following along, um, Dave Nixon and I were recalling that we were more than halfway through the season last year and weren't even thinking about Tyler Algier breaking Luke Staley's single-season record. Yeah. It wasn't until past the midway point where we started to go, hey, wait a minute here. Let's do the math on this thing. If he stays at this pace and has a couple more games like that, he might be able to catch Luke Staley. And then, and then after the Virginia game... When he ran for... When he went for 266 miles. yards, we looked at each other and we all said, hey, he... He actually has a chance to do this. Then he got to the bowl game and he had to get, he had to have 172 yards, or was it 174? Four. In, in the bowl game. We thought that's a, that's a big task. And Jaron wasn't playing and some linemen were out and it was raining. Well, and remember, UAB was the number 12, 12 ranked defense in the country. Yeah. Come, they came in there with great run defense. And we thought, well, maybe, maybe not. And we doubted. And all he did was go and rush for over 190, break, yeah. break the record. We still can't believe we lead, lead lost the, that Lead game. the nation in rushing touchdowns. But, yeah. So. Yeah, it's a game. The defense was just too beat up to compete in that game. And you didn't have Jaron Hall. I'm convinced if you have one healthy of the starting linebackers instead of all four out and a healthy Jaron Hall, that that's not a close football game. No. But, but nonetheless, with everyone knowing that the only shot BYU has had, would have in that game 
was to just give the ball to Tyler Algier. So he's a marked man going in, and all he does is go for over 190 yards and break that record. It's a great show. seven carries. It's a great show, BYUtv.org, or you can go to the BYUtv app, which is free, and then you can watch that, uh, just as you can go to ysguys.com, and you can watch our show anytime and listen to the podcast. We'll put you, uh, be up tomorrow on all the uh, avenues for podcasts, and slowly and surely we will we will conquer the world. And we're, we're glad we've got let, uh, you know BYU Sports Addict with us already, um, chiming in. And then, and then hey, Mike Z, just me, congratulations. Done with jury duty. That's, that's, that's a relief. He says, done with jury duty. I get to enjoy Wise Guys Live today. So it's nice. And uh, Jay's on. Time for a study break. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, if you're studying uh, this time of year, you need to take a yeah, break. We'll so. do what we can to, to entertain you. Let's roll over the T's. Here's what we got coming up tonight. And, and literally, we could go three hours tonight with all the information we have. Right. We're going to try to get it at two because, Jay, your break could possibly be more than two hours. We're going to try right. to. We'll keep it to two so you can get back to there. studying for sure. But the realignment, every time you, you pick up your phone and you, you go to Twitter and you go, okay, what's happened in the last five minutes or the last minute because I just checked it a minute ago. Right. You expect to see something because there's so many things out there, but nothing concrete. Yeah, and, there, and there's not been a lot of news the last couple of days. Remember, the Pac-12's kind of in their media days week this week with players coming in on Friday, and they've been interestingly quiet from the from the Pac-12. So um, not not a ton of news. But, It'd be but like selling uh, deck chairs on board the Titanic. That's <laughs> like, kind of what it is right hey, now. Here's a couple. So we hear rumors from, from back east, some sources back east, that are saying they're still, still – some conference realignment to happen before it's all said and done. Yeah, it might not be the Titanic. I shouldn't say that. But it doesn't look good for them. Uh, There's a big story out of the women's basketball program today with a four-star athlete that's coming to Provo. That is coming up. Yep, we'll talk about that. Transfer rule changes. Believe it or not, there is actually a motion uh, to allow student athletes to transfer schools as many times as they would like. Um, How is that even possible? We're going to talk about if that's good for college football or not. And, and we'll get into this whole discussion because there's the side from player's perspective, hey, wait a minute, a coach can leave anytime he wants and get a job and do whatever he wants. And, and they without do. Any penalty. And they do. Yeah. And leave programs. In fact, sometimes coaches get a program in trouble, leave the program, go join up with someone else. Get no, a raise. No repercussions and the kids suffer that are left behind. So there's that side of it. But there's also the side of it. It's just so disruptive. How do you have any continuity, especially in college football, if you can just transfer it well anytime you want? Well, it looks like I'm not going to start here. I'll go to the next one. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit more. Jay said he's in med school. Study okay. study hard on that one. Okay, uh, so here, here's the thing, Jay. But enjoy your break. He says he gets 30 minutes, so he can come on with us live for 30 minutes. And then, then remember, you can always go um, to ysguys.com, and you can yeah. watch it like After in 20-minute segments, 15-minute segments. You can download the podcast, and when you go out to exercise or go for a walk, you can listen to it. So there's lots of ways you can do it. We're just glad to have you with us live here for, for even if you only give us 30 minutes. And just know one day when you're in surgery, you're going to want to remember what you should have studied as opposed to what Blaine and I thought exactly. about college realignment. Notre Dame tickets, BYU's allotment is gone. That doesn't mean you can't find some for the October 8th game in Las Vegas. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Did you get some tickets? No, we're working. But I didn't get any for my. I didn't get any. You didn't get I don't, any I don't tickets? have anybody going down. Oh, I got ten. Yeah, that's good. I got ten. I'll, I'll tell people how I got the ten. Yeah, but, but and ten. and you know the secondhand market now is where right. That's where, where you, it's have, at. you have to get. We'll talk more about that. Max Hall, 
BYU's winningest quarterback in school history. He's going to come live with us, and we're going to talk about um, an off-the-field challenge uh, he's working to conquer, and he's doing so many good things to help others do the same thing. And uh, uh, we had him on Sports Nation last week. He's been all over the media. Uh, just a tremendous story. We're going to talk a lot about that story. We'll also talk about some on-field stuff with like, Max. Like maximizing the moment, his yep. five biggest moments at Absolute, BYU. Absolutely. Harvey Unga, a bit later on tonight, is going to join us. He's number two all-time in rushing at BYU. He's coming on to talk about Tyler Algier. Mm-hmm. He was the running backs coach for Tyler. And, of course, we had the big feature on after further review on Algier. He... Got into Falcons camp last week, but now the rest of the teams joined him, so it's full go now as he wrestles for what I read today from one of the writers back there, that he's fighting for a starting spot at running back. There, there was an article that came out of Atlanta earlier this week saying that um, he very likely will get pressed into significant action, possibly as a starter, and the question was, could he be the biggest impact rookie running back in the league this season. So how about that? That no kind pressure. of that kind of buzz about Tyler Algier. I so think he's up to the task. We'll see what uh, we'll see what Harvey thinks is the key for Algier now that that camp is. Uh, and I, yeah, I want to ask Harvey about one of my favorite plays of all time was the finishing off that Utah game when he yeah. after the fourth and eighteen he runs the ball he meets their safety at the goal line. We're not going to name names because we want to embarrass. We're going to show it though. But and then <laughs> and then. He kind of looks down. I just want to know what he was thinking and saying in his own head when he trucked that guy at the goal line. Yeah, we're going to find out. I want to know. We're going to find out. Max Hall is going to join us in a few minutes. Before now, then, let's get to some the wise guys' headlines. Here's what's going on. Uh, big news for women's basketball. Four-star guard Amari Whiting has flipped her commitment from Oregon to BYU. She did that today where she'll play for her mom, Amber, the new coach. ESPN has her listed 31 in their top 100. 5'10", player senior year of basketball, literally just down the road from us at Tempview High School. While her mom settles in to her job to succeed the great Jeff Judkins uh, at BYU. Big news, especially in the wake of Shaley Gonzalez leaving BYU to go play at Texas. Yeah, and they're going to need somebody that can come in and score and handle the ball and do all that. And uh, and so... Here she comes. Here comes Amari, who's at 5'10", can handle the ball, and can shoot, and can, yeah, a, a great, great high school player, and looks to be, those skills are going to transfer to the college game in a big, big way. At uh, Burley High School last year, averaged 26.9 points, 10.5 rebounds, led her team to a 25-1 and record, the 4A Idaho State Championship. Um, so, yeah. She's going to be coached by Haley Hall Steed, a former Cougar at Tintview High School, uh, for her senior season this year. That's big, and a lot of people thought, well, of course she's going to come play for her mom. That doesn't always happen. Yeah, sometimes you, kids don't want to play for their mom. They want to get out from under. Um, that, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. DJ, will you put up that uh, graphic? This is what BYU released today as, uh, as they broke the news. And there's mom and there's daughter ready to play for the Cougs. She can wear number one, huh? Looks like it. I like that. Looks like I like it. that. Uh, yeah. So she's got a, a year of high school, and then she'll be uh, over at the Marriott Center. Yeah, so num- number 31, as you mentioned, rated overall recruit in the country. So that's big time. That's a big time get. All right, number two on our headline list. Yeah, BYU's allotments uh, for, of tickets for Notre Dame um, down in Vegas, it's sold out. That's the bad news. So BYU's allotment sold out. Remember, we talked about the, the fact that this is a Notre Dame home game. It's the Shamrock Series. They own the rights to the tickets, and BYU's treated like an away team, so they don't get the same allotment. And that prices gets. are through the roof. Yep. Now, keep in mind, BYU did hold on to some tickets for students, right? Yep. So 
Those will go on sale next month. So if you are a rock pass holder, which you should be if you're in school here, uh, the school will send you information on how to buy them. Uh, for the rest of Cougar Nation, well, you can pursue uh, the secondary market. Be careful. Like, yeah. Yeah, be careful. Make sure it's legit. StubHub's legit, right? In fact, I think Seems StubHub's like the supplier for Notre Dame. Are they? If I'm right. Right. You know, like Ticketmaster, StubHub, those legitimate ones. Be careful with things that seem a little bit uh, shady because they probably are. Um, they play October 8th. Remember that? At Allegiant Stadium. You and I, we got to do a countdown to kickoff show. We're hoping to be able to do one yeah, well, two for the Notre Dame game up in that same spot yeah. on the concourse. That's the that's the tentative plan if we can continue to get Notre Dame to, to buy in. I'm ready to make some calls if we need to to good. NBC. It's good for you to get involved. Yep, I might have to get involved. Um, <laughs> the countdown to kickoff starts at 5.30 Eastern, 3.30 Mountain on BYU TV. Hopefully from the site. The game's at 7.30 Eastern, 5.30 Mountain on NBC. So a two-hour. All of our countdown to kickoffs pregame shows are going to be two hours this year. Um, keep in mind, the Irish have two games leading into the BYU game. So it's not like... Hey, they're going to just spend their time getting ready for BYU. Exactly. I, kind of, I kind of like this. They open at Ohio State, right? And then they also play North Carolina, who's been pretty good under Mac Brown the last couple of years. So two big games leading into the BYU game. So it's not like they've got a gravy walk into that. But remember, BYU plays Baylor and Oregon before, before they play Notre Dame. So neither team can focus until week of the game. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's going to be. And, and if they do get through those four games, we got something brewing. Right. Down in Vegas. Right. So um, it could be fun. Since we were last together, Courtney Wayman finished in 12th place at the World Track and Field Championships in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. Not only did she win her national title, but had an amazing run literally over this summer. Number 12 in the world for Wayman. Now, the final run wasn't the run she was hoping for, but I think four world records were broken during that run. It's, it was crazy. And, uh, and remember, she's a... How do I like? She's a youngin. Is that an okay word to use? Yeah. And that and in, in track and field, especially when you get into the distances and the steeplechase, she's young. Like she's not to her peak yet in any way, shape, or form. The fact that she qualified for the world championships and ran in the finals is amazing. And, and mark my words, I said this at, when we had Courtney on as a national champ, along with Ashton Reinert, that um, she will be an Olympian. And before yeah. she's done, I will not be surprised if she's an Olympic medalist. So that'd be exciting. You, you keep going, Courtney, and she can come on this show anytime. Anytime, especially to show her gold we, medals. National champs can come anytime they want. Yeah, you just so, have to call them. Go, I'd like right. to come on the show. And then people that run in the World Championship Finals, they can come anytime they want. <laughs> yes, they can. And if she gets an Olympic medal, she can show up every week if she wants. <laughs> we'll let her co-host. So former Cougar soccer star Ashley Hatch won an ESPY. Yeah. Since we were last together, for best player in the National Women's Soccer League. She plays for the Washington Spirit. She's been with the U.S. national team before uh, suffering a muscle strain, which got her cut and sent home because they're, they're on to, to other things, which was a bad break. But how about an SB for Ashley Hatch? It's, it's really amazing. You think about that. BYU product. How good was BYU? They played the national championship game, right? Yeah. So it's, one of the, it, it's a top five perennial program. Um, and... And we had Jen Rockwood on here with us. We only cha only champions and great people come on this show. That's right. Um, but but uh, Ashley really representing BYU. Um, and how about Tony? Talk about representing. It's not necessarily BYU, but we've got a bunch of connections to Tony Finau in the state yeah. of Utah. So we just adopt Tony Finau as one of our own. And uh, he's fresh off his third title on the PGA Tour. He also has a uh, um, a win uh, on the what's the what's the tour that you go on to qualify he's got a win on that tour it's corn Ferry tour right 
something like that. Something like that. I can't remember. But three three PGA Tour wins. He won the 3M Championship, which is a big one in Minnesota over the weekend. Started on Sunday trailing by five strokes and ended up winning by three. I got home from church just in time to watch Are you kidding me? First place paid out $1.3 million. Nice. Uh, Sophie now nice begins play on Thursday in the Rocket Mortgage, Mortgage Classic up in Detroit. I like that Nick Faldo at the beginning of the day talking to Jim Nance on right. CBS. Yeah. And he goes, what, what exciting can we look, look, look for? And Nick Faldo said, oh, I'll tell you, Tony Finau is going to win this tournament. What? He said that Sunday morning. Yeah. And, and Jim Nance was like, wow, that's a prediction. Nick Faldo nailed it. I don't know what he knew, but he knew something. Well, he played great. Yeah, we congratulate him. We see him down at the golf course every so often. And what a first-class guy, uh, Tony Finau. Yep. More headlines coming up here in just a moment that you're going to want to hear, especially football-related. Um, right now, let me introduce our first guest tonight. Max Hall is the winningest quarterback in BYU history. Won 32 games between 2007 and 2009. Threw for over 11,000 yards and 94 touchdowns. Can you believe those numbers? 11,000 yards, 94 touchdowns. Most recently, he was the MVP of the BYU alumni football game that Blaine and I called on BYU TV through that Hail Mary pass to Brian Keel on the final play of the game. And in between those glorious moments, there have also been doses of cold reality in Max's life, um, which has now led him to this whole new phase of making a difference in such a positive way. And we're going to welcome Max live from Arizona to Wise Guys. There he is, Max. Thanks Max. for joining us. What's up, brother? Hey, guys. You know, how are two of my most favorite guys in the world, man. How are you guys doing? <laughs> we're doing good. Seriously, uh, how has your celebrity status skyrocketed since throwing that bomb to Brian Keel back in the spring? Well, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm kind of a big deal now. You know, that, that, it kind of set me off right there. I didn't know I was the MVP either. No one told oh, me. Oh yeah, that. you were the MVP. Hey, Dave and I voted, so you knew you yeah. were going to be. Yeah, my, my my favorite my favorite thing was that's let's face it, that's a made for TV event, which is really fun for fans yeah. and for all of us and for you guys, right? So, um. We were in the huddle with you. I don't know if you remember this. And Jerem is there with a mic in the huddle with you. And everybody's got all these ideas. And you keep saying, guys, listen, I'm just going to huck it. Like, that was the plan. I'm just going to drop back and I'm just going to huck it. And they're all like, okay, I like this plan. Let's just huck it. And I, I appreciated your honesty in your post-game interview where you said, you may or may not have crossed the line of scrimmage. That was uh, just... Uh, you know, it, it may or may not have happened, but we're going to hey. show that a little bit later yeah. on. How, uh, how fun was, was that to be back with the guys and be back here on campus? So was that great? Oh, it was phenomenal. I mean, being, being like you said, on campus, back in the locker room, they gave us a ton of stuff from the equipment room. They just basically said, take whatever you want. Um, the coolest part of it, though, was being back on the field. Um, you, you know, even there was, I think there was like 8,000 people there at the game, but yeah. In that stadium, it doesn't feel like a lot, but just being back there on the field with those guys that I played with, and then all the all the great legends that were out there with us and getting to play against them was a lot of fun. So brought back some great memories, but that was a fun night, man. I mean, I, I, I told him, I said, if you guys ever want me back to do this, let's do it again. But I'm right now going to put it out there, and I've already talked to him. I want Steve Young versus Ty Detmer next year. Oh, man. That's what I, I want. I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm gonna, for there's guys. been some I rumblings. Gotta, I got to catch up with Steve this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to start lobbying right now to get Steve out Both there. those guys have given soft commitments 
Um, you, you need a muscle tie, yeah. and, and we'll have to get and, and Steve. And Ty, and you know Max, you you see you see Ty, and you follow him a little bit. He's involved in a bunch of quarterback coaching. I know that you're coaching quarterbacks too. So Ty keeps his arm in pretty good shape because he's throwing a bunch of balls. Now Steve's too busy like running private equity firms and broadcasting and doing <laughs> all. That. But but I have to stay. Steve stays in phenomenal shape. Steve, yeah. you know, Steve takes a lot of um, pride and effort in staying fit. And so I think from a fitness per- perspective, at, at 60, Steve could co- come out and play. He absolutely could come out and play. I just don't know if he's got the arm, like, like not like you guys have. And, yeah. and how about our boy Paul Peterson coming out there and just, like, throwing it Even around. Federick threw better than I thought he was going to throw. I, I, thought, I thought it was a good showing for everybody. Like, the game was competitive, came down to the end, all that. But we do have a nickname around here for Coach Detmer. We call him the microwave. Because he's micro- always warm. He's always hot. <laughs> always ready to go, man. We'll be out there throwing, and he'll be like, give me a ball, and he'll throw like an 18-yard comeback on the dot. And I'm just like, Unbelievable. all right, Heisman. All right, I see you, buddy. You know you, you know what's interesting is that um, it got publicity a little bit, and then, you, as you mentioned, 8,000 people. But that thing, like if you haven't seen it, if you're out there you know, watching this or, you, or you're listening on a podcast later on, you could still go watch that on BYU TV. That's in the archives. People can watch it. You'd be amazed, Max, at how many people have gone and downloaded and watched that game now. And I think that if we hype it and they remember this year, we might get 20,000 in there next year, and that would be really fun. That would be awesome. I thought I thought BYU TV, the coaching staff, just everybody did a great job. You guys were there of putting on that event. Us, us alumni who played in it we had a phenomenal time it ended up being a great game i don't think for the first time doing that it could have gone any better yeah and i think it's going to set up for you know i think we can get some of those guys to come in and play and and set up for good events in the future so you know at the big 12 meetings steve sarkeesian was talking about your arm because he said he He watched part of the game and uh he goes i i can't check it like like max he's not like max and those guys his his arms not uh Let's be honest. There's not very many people out there who can throw it like me. So let's not, you know, let's. It's okay, Steve. Oh. But that'd be fun to get him back for one. Oh, it, he did say that that when he's done coaching, if he's still fit, he he he'd, he'd consider it. it. He'd give yeah. it a thought. He said, yeah. "Good." So that would be really really fun. Hey, so. your Max, your your story is um, is intriguing. It is fascinating. It is heartbreaking. It is uh, inspiring, especially. Uh, where you are now, and let's tackle some of the things that you are involved with to make a difference in in people's lives who who are down a road that that you had traveled. And as you'd mentioned freely, and in a lot of your speeches, especially recently, um, injuries in football led to addictions. Addictions put you in a bad place, culminating with an arrest for shoplifting at a Best Buy store in Gilbert, Arizona, on August thirtieth, twenty fourteen. Now you're sitting in handcuffs in the back of a police car and as you freely speak about and i thought i watched it uh, a clip the other night on youtube which i thought was 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 incredible this was the moment when the new max hall was born what what happened there <laughs> i didn't i didn't think it at the time at, at the time i thought max hall was done um i thought i thought life was pretty much over at that point um but it was the start of my sobriety and the biggest the biggest thing about that is I look back on it and I say, it might've actually been a blessing that I was arrested because my secret was out and I had two choices. That was either lay down and die or or fight and go get some help. And um, I was lucky to have people on my team. 
uh, from family members to coaches to teammates, just a group of people that reached out and helped me get to a rehab facility and have helped me since. Um, not everybody has that, you guys. And so what, what I'm trying to do is be there and create a place and a team for those who need it, who don't have it. Um, I went to a great rehab facility. When I got out of there, though, they said, hey, here's a couple AA meetings by your house. Good luck. And that was it. And I was miserable for a while until I got another team around me and had people I could talk to. So that's what we're going to focus on. Um, whether you go to a rehab or not, we want to focus on the long-term care. We want to teach you how to get sober and stay sober for the rest of your life and coach you through the whole thing and create a community, right? A, a community of guys who are going through the same thing that can rely on each other and, and op be open and talk with each other about what's going on in their lives. So that's what we're trying to do, connect, community, and um, also kind of raise awareness and let people know it's not taboo anymore. Everybody has their issues. So many people are struggling with addiction. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to get help. And um, so that's really what we're trying to do at Victory Recovery. And I, in, in my situation, I have a story. I don't like necessarily like my story. I don't like showing my mugshot. I don't like talk about being arrested. Like that stuff makes me sick to my stomach when I talk about it. But if my story can help other people who are in the same situation, I'm willing to share it. And um, so I've been open and honest with it, which is not easy to do. No. And um, but if it gives hope to somebody else and I can help somebody, man, that's what I want to do. That's what it's all about, guys. Yeah, Max, you, you mentioned victory recovery. So you, you and your buddy Brock uh, Bevel started uh, a substance abuse counseling center called yep. Vic Victory Recovery. What what help does does that facility provide? Man, so we're going to specialize in substance abuse, so drugs, alcohol, stuff like that. But we're also going to treat people suffering from depression and anxiety, um, PTSD, uh, sex addiction. I mean, we, we want to cover all of that. And um, right now, uh, Brock and I are kind of the main coaches, but we also have two certified um, therapists that can actually do the diagnosing and, and dive into that. And then where Brock and I, where we feel like what we're really good at is teaching you, showing you, giving you a plan, diving into you and turning your life around. You know, for me, I always thought, man, I want the old Max back. My wife used to say, I want the old Max back, right? The reality of is that Max is gone. And I had to learn how to be, how to create a new world. I'm no longer Max Hall, the quarterback. I'm not Max Hall, the BYU quarterback, the Cardinal quarterback. That's not me anymore. That's what I was. So I had to create a new world for myself. I'm now Max, the coach, the mentor, the father, the husband, now a business owner, you know what I mean? As, as a coach and helping other people. So it's been fun to create this new setting and I'm really trying to use it to help others. So that's what we're going to specialize in, man. If, you, if you're struggling with a pill addiction or, or you're an alcoholic and, you know, guys have good jobs and families and they just can't get over this stuff. We're here for you and, and we can help you and show you the plan and show you the way and be part of our team. So that's really our main focus and what we're doing. Max Hall is with us on the Wise Guys on this Tuesday. You've said that connection is the cure. That's kind of been a running theme with, with yeah. a lot of the presentations. What does that mean? That means you can't get sober on your own. Like, like sobriety is not a stay inside myself introvert type of a thing. Being sober is opening up to other people and talking to other people. And we believe as we create a community, 
and connection, your odds of staying sober go way up. It really does if you have that team around you. So, I mean, I want it to be like, if you're with us, you're with us for life, man. You can come in, you can be with us. You can come to our groups. You can come to our meetings, one-on-one sessions. You've got somebody to call to talk to if you need it. Whatever you need, we're going to be there for you. And we want you to be with us for as long as you want and get the care that you need. Um, we will, and obviously we're not turning anybody away. We want to help as many people as we can. So when we talk about connection is the cure, it's having events, um, having meetings, getting people together, talking about it and uh, creating a comfortable and a healthy place where people can be open about their problems and situations in life. You, you, you had a great network around you. You mentioned with coaches and friends and, and mentors and lots of folks that were helping, but I know there's another part that, that's been really important to you. How important is your wife Mackenzie and the two kids been with all of this? Whew, no, don't, you're going to make me get emotional here. Don't do that. But my wife is a, she's a rock star, man. Um, she put up with my addiction for five years and suffered through that. Um, I was lucky that my kids were young and they didn't really see me go through it. Um, I, I mean, I still was around. I was there. I was a good dad, but I was just addicted. Man. And I was, and it hurt her more than anybody. You know, there's that, there, there's a quote. One of my favorite things about addiction is it says it takes the soul of the addict and it breaks the hearts of everybody who loves them. So addiction took my soul, like it made me a completely different person. And it broke the hearts of my wife, parents, friends, everybody, like I had to repair those relationships. But this is what Kenzie did. She worked on herself. And what happened is, is we had to each work on ourselves before we could come back together. And she learned a lot about addiction, codependency, um, depression, like all this stuff that she learned. And as we worked on each other, we became closer together. But to have a wife that stuck with me for five years of doing that. And then I'm in rehab and I'm thinking she's, I thought she was going to leave me guys. Yeah. I was like, she's out. Like, there's no way she's staying. And uh, I remember I finally called her when I was in the rehab facility and she goes, babe, I love you. I'm here to fight and I'm with you. I'm glad you're in a safe place. Let's do this. And that was a big motivation in my recovery, having her there with me. I also understood that I couldn't just do it for her. I couldn't just do it for my kids. I had to get sober because that's what I wanted to do. That's who I wanted to be. And when I figured that out, things just started taking off. My relationships got better. I got a job here coaching at ALA. Um, just things have been opening up in my life. It's been amazing. But without her, would have been very, very hard to do, man. I love her to death. And for her to stick with me and and go to battle with me. I mean, she's a warrior. So yep. she earned, she, death, she's earned her angel's wings. Like <laughs> it's, it's a figure she, of speech, but she, she earned her angel's drag wings, me right? To heaven. She's <laughs> going to drag me to heaven. I'm afraid all of our, we all outkicked our coverage. I think we know that. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. And, yeah. and our, our wives are going to drag us by, by the nostrils into heaven. <laughs> that's for sure. So and McKenzie's no, uh, no exception to that. She's phenomenal. Speaking yeah. of connections, um, there's a connection. Now you're back in football. You're the offensive coordinator. The head coach is Ty Detmer. How important yeah. has Ty been in your life as you've charged back into your life? Man, I, um, so I remember a few, few years ago, kind of when everything came out, I knew Ty was in town and I went to lunch with him and I kind of opened up to him. You know, and so I, I look at Ty as um, not just a colleague, but a close friend and a mentor. And I've learned a lot from him just in this past year that we've been coaching together, not only football stuff, but um, how to be a leader, how to treat the kids, how to 
how to manage parents and just how to bring a certain culture to a team. And so watching him work has been phenomenal. But at the same time, man, it's fun to get on the board and be like, Ty, what do you think about this? Or how should we run this concept? And he gives me his input. Um, and it's really cool because our philosophies, I feel like, are the same. Like we, we kind of have the same mindset and things. And so it's been really fun kind of scheming and game planning and doing stuff together. And then to his credit, he's like, hey, Max, you're the OC, man. This is still on you. You're still calling the plays. Like, I'm going to be the head coach. I'll help you game plan. But this is your show. So, I mean, it's been it's been a fun dynamic to be with them and just we have a blast at practice and being around the kids and throwing the ball and talking a little trash and you know you named off all my stats earlier right well i'm yeah. like second to tie in most of those stats right? <laughs> well most and people go, are though hey, right Max, most people are second yeah. to tie but i but i always go back to wait a second tie how many games did you win <laughs> exactly wait exactly. a second you'll always so wait, Ma- are you one, right? are you telling me max that that when you're when you're calling play, Ty never walks down and goes, hey, 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 Max, I want you think about this. Does he intervene ever? Or, or how, how does that work? Um, he doesn't intervene in the way like, hey, you need to run this play or you need to run the ball or you need to do this. What he does is in between series or whatever, he, he might come up to him and be like, hey, I think we can get this or this play is there or this or, hey, just a reminder, let's get a double move or let's go a hard count or just little reminders and stuff like that. He's uh, he's really good at just obviously has so much experience playing football, helping manage the clock, do stuff like that. But I'm not, he doesn't tell me what to do. He's just like we just work together and talk about it. And so it's like I said, it's a great relationship. It's a lot of fun having him around. Maybe his perspective was uh, developed after all those play calls he changed in the huddle that Norm Chow sent him. Oh, he and Norm used to get <laughs> like sometimes they go at it. He and Norm like they would just yeah. disagree so with stuff. He's like I know what that's like. Norm, I'm just going to stay away from it. I felt like it was good that Norm was up in the booth because you would see Ty and him kind of talking quite seriously on the phone, the old phone, you know, and Ty like people would go, who's he talking to? I go, oh, he's talking to Norm right now. So and they would they would kind of uh, discuss things for sure and and Ty definitely had his opinion when when I think of BYU quarterbacks and I think of competitors the two of you come right to the top of my mind together and I I feel like it's really cool that two of the most competitive guys I've ever seen on the field coach together now at the high school level um, I th- I think it's just awesome uh, it's it's a blast and the kids don't even realize how good they have it you know what I mean they don't even <laughs> understand. It's kind of funny. A lot of the kids, when Ty came on, I'm like, do you even know who that is? And they're like, no, they're too young to know. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to call Ty old now. Don't. Right. Don't get I get it. Now, but, yeah. but I'm like, dude, we have a Heisman Trophy winner over there. Who's our head coach who played what he played 16 years in the league. Yeah. Won a Heisman Trophy. The dude is just a football legend. And so having him around both us as coaches and the kids are just we're super blessed to have a guy like that around. Plus you guys know Ty, he's salt of the earth. He's one of the best dudes you will ever be around and meet. doesn't matter that he won a Heisman trophy. doesn't matter if you're a freshman football player or a parent or whatever. He's just a all around great dude. And so, um, like I said, he's just, just a good guy to have around a program and especially to be the head coach. He, he is one of the best guys to hang with ever. I was going to ask you, we were talking about competition a little bit. So Bronco told this story one time. I want to. I want to get see if this is like if he's made this up or if this is true. Okay. And I, it, the, it, you were a sophomore, he says, and I can't okay. remember the game, but but evidently it went something like this: uh, you took the team down, scored quick, and then the other team scored, and then you took them down, scored again, <laughs> and then the other team scored, then you took them down again and scored, and on your way past him, you said, "Hey, coach, is the defense ever going to get a stop tonight?" <laughs> 
Is that true? And, and Bronco says that his first thought was, you little punk, like you little <laughs> sophomore punk. And he was ready to step over and get in your face. And then he thought, no, I kind of like that in my guy. I think I'm okay with that. I like that fight. And then they got some stops and you won the game. Is Do you remember that story? Because he's told that story before. Listen, that's <laughs> one of a hundred stories we probably have together. I don't remember that specific moment or game, but I'm dang sure that I probably said that to him. I mean, we, we had... <laughs> We, we, we had a great relationship and, you know, even in practice and all that. And I remember when my first year there and I'm running the scout team, man, it was competitive and it was physical and there were fights. And um, I think he always appreciated and liked the, the drive and competitiveness that I had. And I think he was built the same way. So we could banter and we could do things like that. And uh, at the end of the day, we put our arms around each other and, and, uh, know that we're teammates or coaches or whatever. So that, that story is probably true. Blaine. Even though I don't remember the exact moment, it sounds, sounds definitely I, like I can't, I can't, I, I can't. He told us a, a number of years ago and I was telling Dave about it. And I was just like, I wish I could remember the team. I just remember talking to Bronco about that and about him saying at first he was questioning it. And then, and then when he thought about it more deeply, he was like, no, that's exactly how I want my quarterback to be. That's the guy I want running my team. And you yeah. were just a sophomore at the time. So. A story like you know, that and, has and to if be. If the true. offense wasn't scoring, I'd probably be coming off the field after a punt, being like, "Coach, don't worry, we're going to score next series." You know what I mean? Actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how you got to. Oh, hey, coach, is the defense going to get a stop today, or what? Or do I got to score a hundred? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's stuff like that all the time. That's just, it's just kind of how we were, and just had a blast playing the game, man. Hey, our live streamers have some questions. Uh, BYU boy says, "Max, who's the greatest wide receiver in BYU history, and why is it Austin Collie?" So they're asking a question <laughs> and answering it. Uh, it's Austin Collie because he was my dude, man. Yeah. He, he was my guy. And it's he was just – he's one of those receivers where it's like, hey, it's third and five. We got to get the ball to Austin. Like, he's going to make a play. But here's what's great about it. I had I still had Dennis. I still had Andrew George. I still oh, yeah. had Harvey. Like, we had so many weapons. So they couldn't, like, focus on Austin. And if you leave Austin one-on-one, -on -one, he's going to win. He's going to win nine out of ten times. Like, that's just – the the fact of the matter right so i i was lucky i got to play with him somebody i think that byu throwbacks put a clip up of him making a play versus utah state coming back to the ball but yeah he just he was detailed he was tough if the ball was in the air it was his and those are the type of guys you want to throw the ball to man those are those guys make you look good so i was blessed to play with the guys i had but yes to answer your question ac my man he's the he's the number one dude i i, su I submit max that if Austin stays healthy and doesn't have the concussion issues, that, that he probably plays in a couple of Pro Bowls before it's, before it's all said and done. When he was at Indianapolis, he was on that type of a pace. Am yeah. I wrong, or did he have that skill level? No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I think he was built. Um, I think he had a great situation with Peyton and, and the Colts, and he was built for that. And, you know, it's, it's like a lot of us. We have injuries, and our career just doesn't go where we think it's going to go. But potentially, I mean – Absolutely. I could have seen him as a Pro Bowl guy if he'd have stayed healthy. All right, let's play a game, Max. We call it Moments to the Max. <laughs> okay. So you, you've got over 11,000 yards passing and 94 touchdowns. We've come up with six plays that we think were your best, and then we want you to rank them, uh, one through six. Okay. Okay, so we'll present it, not necessarily in that order, and you can say that's yeah, so my number are, one, are, are we going to give them? Two. Are we going to give them all – well, no, we're just going to give it to him, and, and he's going to say that's a – or do we have to give them all to him? 
Let's just let's just give him. Uh, we'll just go one through six, and okay. you can say that's that's number one. Some might be obvious, some might not be. Um, this is, summer moments. This is the beauty of a live stream, Max. Like when you come on Sports Nation and stuff with us, it's all like, oh, can't do you got to be we done in twenty two seconds. When we do the live stream, and, and we just do whatever we want, we can even figure it out on the fly, which is that's great. Why I love it. It's just us three just hanging out. Nobody that's even cool. knows. And so moments awesome. to the max sounds like a cool segment, no matter what it. direction. Exactly it goes. right. So. <laughs> all right, number one, Blaine, go ahead. Okay. So 2007, BYU 17, Utah 10. Um, you hit Austin Collie on that fourth and 18 on a game-winning drive. So yeah. where's that? Where's that ranking I mean, where do you think? Six? Where do you think that's going to rank before it's all said and done? I think that's going to be three or Ooh, four. Oh, wow. Three. Wow. That, yeah. I did not see that coming. No, I didn't see that. That was right. I thought that I was, was shooting right to number one. That was right out of there, man. Okay. Let me tell you what, though, real quick about that play before okay. we move on. Since we got time. We got we as got much time. time as you want. I remember those four downs vividly, right? It was incompletion, I think. And I can't remember if it was second or third down where it was the sack, like the sack fumble, right? Which yep. took us to fourth and 18. I remember looking to the sideline and bless Coach and I's heart. But he just had his arms folded, and I'm like, what play are we going to run? And he, he just gave me a fist, which in our system, that meant to go route. That's all he gave me. So I'm like, whatever, I got it. So we called three by one. I called four verts, gave Austin a stutter and go on the outside. How it worked out, though, is right as I stepped up in the pocket to avoid the defensive end, Austin kind of sat down on his stutter. And the corner's eyes went off Austin and to me because I was getting out of the pocket. Dirty eyes. He just forgot Austin. Now, I had a dislocated, not a dislocated, I had a separated shoulder in that game. I'd separated it the week before versus Wyoming. Uh, Grade three AC separation. So I could barely throw the ball. No one knew this. I could barely throw the ball 40 yards. Mm. So it was everything I had to throw (laughs) that ball. That's why I underthrew it. Like he had to kind of wait on it. It was everything I had, but now Max, before is, you before you finish will, oh, before you finish this story, when you saw Max wide open, what what we, in the we world saw did Austin, you think about? Austin wide oh, yeah. open. When did you see Austin wide open? What what flashed through your mind? I hope I can get it there. Yeah. To be honest. Oh, with you. okay. So now keep going, keep going. He's wide open. I'm I'm hoping I can get it there. And um, but when he caught that, I will say this about that moment. That is the loudest. I had ever heard Lavelle Edwards stadium. Mm. It was so it like the whole stadium felt like it was pulsing to me. It almost like I was surrounded by big speakers, just blasting. I couldn't hear it. Just the emotion in the moment. Like I will never forget what that felt like and how loud it was in that stadium, man. It was phenomenal. So I'm going to put that one at three. It's crazy. Yeah, here's the thing. And we're watching it. We're watching it right now. I don't know if you can see it on oh, yours. It is, yeah. So so we're watching it. We we when we've reviewed this, we we call it dirty eyes. The corner who should have just been focused on the receiver, all of a sudden it got too long and he had to look at you. Dirty eyes, yep. right? Yep. And and that was phenomenal. So right here, that stadium is so loud as I'm kind of jogging and now Coach and I is all happy and all right, next play. You know what I mean? Like exactly as he called it. Cha- changed Robert and I's whole mood, right? Oh, changed the whole mood. Oh, and then you know gosh. we got a couple couple PI calls that were that were helped us out in that drive. And then Harvey ran the dude over in the end zone, and 
you know, that's that. So we're going to have Harvey yeah, on. That was so, a phenomenal moment. And, and we should clarify, we're not just doing play. We're actually, these are Max's moments. Moments to the So Max. they're not individual. That that one was an individual play, but it's really the whole moment. And you've described it perfectly, yeah. like how it felt. So that that's a moment. You're going to put that maybe number three. We're going to see yeah. as we roll these others out. Dave, you got to do the next one. 2008, you beat UCLA 59 to nothing. Set a stadium record seven touchdown passes, including six in the first half. Where does that rank in the top six? UCLA. Next. I, I know what my top two are, so it's got to be four. Okay. Did you it's remember that be. one? Did you remember oh, that one? Oh, dude, how do you not forget a day like that? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I was in – I was in the – we were all just in the zone in that game. The defense, it was just like we get the ball score, they get the ball turnover, we get the ball score. It was just like back and forth the whole time, and we just had a day. And, uh, you know, I, I joked all the time when I was playing, I'd always yell and be like, I'm on point today. Y'all can't stop me. Stuff like that. We were on point <laughs> that day. And like, we just, everything went right for us. It was one of the most fun football games I have ever played in, especially with all the trash talk leading up to the game. Yeah. We barely beat them in the bowl game the year before by that blocked field goal. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so they came in thinking they were going to show us up and for us to just dominate the game like that. I mean, fun day of football right there. That's one I'll never forget, but. I, re um, I remember in, in, in working that game and thinking, what in the world is going on right now? Like, this this yeah. is a massacre. This yeah. was so unexpected. And so. I was mad that I didn't get to play in the second half. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted that. I didn't know it at the time. But if I could have thrown one more touchdown, I'd have broken. I would set a tie in the record, I'd have broken it. Yeah, Instead, but... they let Brendan Gaskins throw it. But to be honest with you, I'd rather Brendan throw it and get him one. Yeah. Then, then me break the record. He deserved Who's it. Right? So was that John Walsh's record? I think it was Walsh that had that record. Right? Walsh and McMahon. Yeah. Yep. Jimmy Mack, my old teammate. Max so. Hall, the great BYU quarterback's on with us on the Wise Guys tonight. And this next one, we're going up a notch. So, so wait, I got to, I got to write these. So that Utah's three, and UCLA's UCLA is four. four for now. For now. For now. For it now. could fluctuate. Okay. So the next one, two thousand nine, and this I know this is going to be in your top two. So um, BYU fourteen. Number three, Oklahoma, 13. The moment I remember is that late drive and the touchdown pass to McKay Jacobson. But that just that whole moment. I was there on the field with you guys uh, mm. for that one. What What's your thought? Where's that one going to be? That's two. That's ah, two. there we go. I knew that That's had two. to be in the top two. And we're looking, so, at it, uh, we're looking at it right now. So what are you yeah. thinking in this play? Oh, this is the actual play, yeah. Yeah, that's so, the McKay play, yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 play call, the, the name of the play was called Winston, right? And Winston was, you know, we're in two by two. The two inside guys have option routes. The two outside guys are running digs across the back of the end zone. And um, I was honestly looking for Dennis. Like, I was kind of like, go, let's get the ball to Dennis right here. But as you watch that play, the safety, the linebacker, and even the corner – come off on Dennis and it left McKay wide open in the back of the end zone. And that's just one of those throws where he's so open. You just hope that you make a good throw, right? <laughs> you just, you just want to get it there. So I just vividly remember them all crashing down on Dennis and just seeing McKay pop wide open over the top, but that play was special, but you got to realize how special the drive was. Um, we, we had battled that whole game. It was close. Um, but we went to two minute mode and I got to call the plays in two minute mode. Oh, good. So we just kind of got in a rhythm. 
You know what I mean? And we saw, and we completed a couple balls. We had that one to Dennis. Then it came down to that fourth down call and coach and I right away knew what play we were going to do. We called it Niner little sprint out play, got the ball to Dennis again. He got us down to the 10 and then we were able to score. So the moment of the drive to go beat number three, Oklahoma on ESPN in the Dallas Cowboys stadium, first game ever played in the stadium. That's what that moment was all about. And then to see our little sliver of BYU fans going nuts and the sea of uh, Oklahoma oh, fans yeah. just silent um, was pretty cool. The other thing, it's a good dang thing that we won that game because I went in at halftime screaming at the cameras that we were going to win. So. <laughs> you know, you know what? We what one of our um, one of our followers that that sticks sticks with us and makes comments. BYU, it's called BYU Boy Seven Sixteen. That's his handle. He says. Max Hall going into halftime in that game saying we're going to win is my favorite thing about that game. He commented on that before he said it. So people remember. People remember. Dude, I just – it was genuine. I just felt like we had momentum. We were right there with them. The defense was playing phenomenal. We were getting goal line stops and turnovers and definitely a team effort. But for me personally, the drive and then the pass at the end and then the defense held them. They tried to kick a field goal, came up way short. And I just remember all that hard work in the offseason, all that game film study. I mean, I'm talking back in February. I'm sitting in bed at night watching Oklahoma film, like just preparing for that game. And for us to win it, it was just emotional. You know what I mean? It was just like um, not not a sigh of relief, just just of joy of all that hard work paying off. So that moment, that's why it's in my top two. For All right, sure. moments to the max, three down, three to go. This next one, I have a feeling, is going to go right to the top. Yeah, I think so, too. So, we, so right now, we've got Utah 2007 is, is three. Mm-hmm. BYU massacring UCLA in 08 is four. We've got the Oklahoma last drive and the win down in Jerry Jonesville. As number two. So here's here's another one. And you know what? I'm going to hop over this one to the next one, then we'll come back. Oh, we're going to come back to that one? Okay. 2009, okay. Uh, it was the windiest night ever at the Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> it's I had all always my kids windy there. Uh, Oregon State comes in ranked number 18, and you run right over them 44 to 20. I think yeah. you played great in that game. Uh, where does this one sit? I hated that game. It was freezing cold in that game. Man, I remember the wind blowing. It was like 40 degrees outside with 40 miles, not 40 degrees. I think it was probably like 50 degrees, but with the wind, yeah, it was freezing. All I could remember is getting off the field and wanting to go sit by the heater. But <laughs> um, we pulled through, we played great. And um, I have a great story in that game of when we were going down on one of the drives, I tried to step up in the pocket and make a throw and I got blasted. And uh, I, I still got back issues because of that hit. Oh, but no. <laughs> I remember taking that hit. I had, I had uh, torn, partially torn my MCL on that play. I had a kind of a cracked rib and there was blood coming out of my mouth. Oh no. So I'm like, when I stand up, I'm coughing. I got blood coming out of my mouth. I'm all jacked up and I kind of get up and I always prided myself on getting up fast. Right. And I look to the sideline and coach Dome is like this. And he's like, Hey, are you okay? (laughs) And I'm like, shut up and give me the next play. Like, let's go. Right. Like, I didn't want to hear that. And uh, the next play we called 95, which is, you know, F option with the tight end over mm-hmm. and Dennis, it was covered too. Dennis went right down the middle, wide open. We completed it for a touchdown and I talked to little trash to dome and off the field. Like, don't you ever doubt me or think that I'm hurt. You know what I mean? Like just how we were, but uh, that was a great game, but it's going to be up there either five or six. Okay. 
Okay. I don't know what the other two are. Well, yet, we're, uh, we're, and we're, I know I'm, what I'm, one gonna, of them is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to yeah, skip. Yeah, I'm going to skip to to another one because we're going to come back to the one that we think is your one. So we're, I'm going to skip. This is one more. Then we're going to come back to the one that we think is your one. Maybe you'll surprise us, and it this won't be. This could surprise us. But but 2021 BYU Navy team <laughs> against the BYU Royal team, a hail mary 55 yard touchdown pass to none other than Brian Keel. Think about it. Think about it. Yeah, this is big. This is big. It's big. And you know what? As I'm thinking about it, I do know that it would be number one on Brian Keel's list. <laughs> yes, it would. For sure. He's never caught a touchdown other than that. No. And 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 he he just enjoyed that moment after the game, didn't he? <laughs> oh, he, he did. Even, he even took my ball home. I brought my own ball to the dang <laughs> he took it. and he kept he took it as it. a trophy. Nice. So oh, I said, gosh. Brian, you can keep it as long as I sign it and you put it in your trophy case. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's hard for him. It. The best athlete in their whole family is his wife, Jess, and that's, you know, he just can't deal with it. <laughs> so when he finally caught a pass and did something skilled, yeah. he didn't know what to make of it. He didn't know what to do. He, yeah. he, the moment was, it was big for him. Yeah, so yeah. we let him enjoy it. So, so. Guys, as we, much as I love that moment being back, it doesn't compare to real games. So it's so going to be number a six. six. We threw wow. that one in there for fun. Yeah. We threw that one. But in I there appreciate you throwing that one in there because that was a lot of fun. So, so we we, we come back to the one that Dave and I think is number one. Two thousand nine. Yeah. You're in overtime yeah. against Utah. They're ranked number twenty one. You guys are fighting for the title, and you throw a touchdown to Andrew George, who's one of the funnest interviews around. And you you win the game and you move on. Yeah. Number one. Number one, for oh. sure. And um there it is right there. Um, so that was supposed to be Y stick, um, which is a flat route with the tight end kind of running a little five, six yard stick route breaking out. And I kind of gave Andrew a signal to kind of fake like he was breaking out and come back in. And um, I kind of saw the safety there lurking, and I just thought. I'm going to try to squeeze this ball in and it went through and he got it. So um, you can kind of see him out then back in and split the two. It's so freaking awesome that those two ran into each other. But um, <laughs> I just remember that moment running down the field loud. I ended up at the bottom of that dog pile right there. Couldn't breathe. Thought I was going to die. And uh, once I finally got out of it and the celebration was just awesome. But guys, you have to realize it's, it was more than just that for me. Because what had happened the year before, we lost to Utah at Utah bad. Yeah, I threw five interceptions in the game, and I had to hear about that for a whole year. You guys, like, uh, to like, I'm driving around. People have bumper stickers that say "Honk if you've intercepted Max Hall." <laughs> oh, I drive no. by an Arby's. Oh, it no. says, "Hey, we have Max Hall apple turnovers at Arby's." You know nice, what I mean? Like, nice. yeah. I remember even being at a Dick Sporting Goods and a guy came up to me and I signed some stuff for his kids, took some pictures, and he goes, "Hey, you know we wear blue jerseys, right?" And I'm like, dang, man, like that's everywhere cold. I went, I was just catching oh. heat for this. So that's why that moment was awesome. That's why I went off in the press conference afterwards, the whole thing. Um, but for for me, everything that happened in the offseason, the Oklahoma win, and then finishing off, you know, the regular season with the Utah win, um, just kind of sealed a great senior year for me and a great career at BYU. So definitely number one. Awesome. Right. That well, is awesome. You know, people, people ask me about the Utah win last year, Max, and, and I tell them, you don't understand how big it is because we don't play them for like three years. For mm. Utah to have to sit on that for the next couple of years, that's huge, isn't it? I'm, I, I well, feel like that's the worst thing ever to not be able to play again next year for them that they lost. Well, 
it gives our fans a little bit of ammo, you know, with the trash talk <laughs> between the BYU and Utah fans for sure. And, um, you know, Utah will always bring back that they beat us. What was it? Nine, 10 years in a row or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. Um, but for us to pull through and it's just, the whole thing was funny. Me being at the game, breaking the curse, having another haul at quarterback, like just the whole thing was just kind of entertaining. And um, so I just said, look, if I'm going to show up and run the flag out, we might as well win. So that's, I love it. Old Jaren, I was like, dude, let's go, man. It's, it's our time. And um, to his credit, man, he balled out. The team looked great. Fun game to be a part of. So you, you know, these quarterbacks. Well, what, what's your thoughts Jaron coming into his junior year? He's got a year under his belt where he played really smart uh, football. Your, your thoughts on Jaron, and, and we also know uh, that, that you've worked with Jacob um, in, in the past. So I'm interested yeah. to hear your thoughts on both of these guys. So I love Jaron. I, I think I think he's got I think he's a special talent. Um, I think he's I think he's smart, makes good decisions. I think he's a great leader. Um, we expect big things out of him this year. You know, he's got a year under his belt. Um, he's got he's got a good supporting cast around him. And uh, we expect him to perform. And I think I said this to somebody the other day, I can't remember, but two things with him is consistency. Like he's got to perform week in and week out. He's got to perform in practice every day. And like what everybody says, he's got to stay healthy. And if he can do those two things to where he's consistently practicing and playing every week and not having to sit out, I think that's a big deal for a quarterback continuing to get the reps. So if he does that, I think he's going to have a great year. And I think BYU is going to have a great year. You know, as the QB goes, the team goes. We've heard that before. And yeah. so Jaron needs to step into that role as a leader, be consistent and stay healthy, whatever that looks like. Right. Um, going to Jacob. I love Jacob Conover. I really do. I got to watch him play high school football here in Arizona for Chandler high school. I've always been a fan of the kid. And then after his mission, he called me up and wanted to throw and do some training together whenever he's back in town in Arizona. This is what I like about him. Yes, he can throw the ball. You know what I mean? He looks pretty throwing the ball. He's got a rocket arm, all that stuff. But he has some of the intangibles, man. Like, like he's bright-eyed. When he comes out with my guys, he coaches them up. Like, he doesn't care if you're an eighth grader, a senior, or a college kid. He's he's coaching you up. He's He's got an energy about him that's contagious. And he's a big-time competitor, which I like. So I think Jacob has potential to be a very good quarterback and potentially the next guy here at BYU and I'm rooting for him. Um, but in the meantime, I think Jaron Hall's the dude, and, and he he's the leader. And I'm excited to see how he steps into that role and what he does this year. But I love watching him play, guys. Like, I love watching Jaron play. He's fun to watch. We're going to see him play here at camp in a week and then South Florida on September 3rd and, and a great schedule for what might be his last season um, yeah. before he goes to the pros and BYU goes to the – to the Big 12. Five questions for Max. Here we go. You ready? Favorite movie? Oh, favorite movie? Yeah, we, we ask everybody these five questions because Scott Warner, the CEO gig, came on and he told us we should. He told us we, he goes, <laughs> to get to know people, like, and he's a big social media guru. He's like, you need to ask everybody these five questions. So we've incorporated it into our show now. We're doing it yeah. every week. Favorite movie? Oh, shoot. Um, uh, this is going to sound weird. Braveheart. No, that's, hey, Gavin, you, you know my son, Gavin. He I know Gavin. Gavin would agree with you on that Braveheart, one. Braveheart, why that is one. that weird? What's weird about Braveheart? It's not weird. 
It's like just a, old, but I used to watch it like the night before games and stuff. I don't know yeah. why. Okay. We get William a lot. Wallace we, just fired me up. We get all. we get a lot of remember the Titans, but Braveheart is right Braveheart, up there. Right. Uh, there favorite cereal. Favorite cereal. Peanut butter, Captain Crunch. Yes. Interesting. No, that's right. really good. That's a good one. We didn't even. We had a cereal taste off a couple of weeks ago on the show, <laughs> yeah. and 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 we forgot about peanut butter, Captain Crunch. I like that. The elephant was the. Like the mascot for that. Really? Yeah. The the I just like my Captain Crunch straight. So I, <laughs> no crunch berries. You like it straight no up. No, it's just like, he, he said to us, My favorite's Captain Crunch. And and Scott and I go, uh, without the crunch berries? Like, what are you talking about? I didn't stutter. What's I went wrong, right. What's Captain wrong crunch. with you, right? Captain so. All right, favorite band. Favorite band. Who's your favorite band? I got my QB sitting in here with me now, so I'm asking him. Yeah, that's good. It's be a generation. Like, oh, he's gonna. This is the he's gonna tell what you. What do you mean? Like, you listen to so music? Can I, can I? Can I say one of my favorite guys to listen to is Eminem? I love oh, Eminem. Eminem. Like, yeah, that dude's that's unbelievably talented. Unbelievable. Yeah, talented. that qualifies. Uh, favorite NFL quarterback. Currently or ever? Ever. Ever. Brett Favre. Nice. And Ooh. what about now? And currently in the league. The guy. I mean, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. I always want to watch him, but I'm always trying to watch Josh Allen. I love oh, yeah. watching that dude play. Josh Allen. Okay. He's he's special. All right, last one. Five questions for Max. Your favorite BYU quarterback not named Max Hall. <laughs> oh, This man. is hard. He asked me ready? this, and I won't answer because I alienate people that I love. Now, so Ty might ready, watch but... some of this later. Just know that. But, yeah, we're ready. Um, I have two. Can I say two? Yeah, we're going to let you Please. do two. Yeah. Number one, Ty Detmer. Sweet. That's a business two, move right there. Brendan Gaskins. Oh, yes. That is my boy. Brendan Gaskins. He was, he, was, he was with me my whole career, man. I yep. love Brendan. He's awesome. Brendan Gaskins and Ty Detmer. All right, Harvey Young is going to. I can't say other than Ty, he'll get all butthurt. So I, I know. Have, that's yeah, exactly. We knew Ty was going to have Plus to be you got to deal with yeah. him at practice. We're not sure you're convicted <laughs> with that or believe that, but but we know that you had McMahon to say McMahon might have something to say, but we get it. Yeah. We yeah, I it. love Jimmy, too. I mean, that's that's a hard decision. So <laughs> they, all of them are great. Hey, last question for you. Harvey's going to join us a bit later. Uh, how important was he at running back to what you got done? Poof. Man, Harvey, I loved him and hated him at the same time. I mean, because he was just so loosey goosey right and then when the game when it was time to, for the game he just like flipped this switch but even in the game i'd call a play and it'd be a play that we ran a thousand times and he would come up to me and be like max what do i do what do i do on this play just like to mess with me in the middle of games and stuff right like he just kind of kept it that way but one of my favorite things about playing at byu was handing him the ball and watching him run i mean the guy was just fun to watch and i'll tell you a story about him the one time that he wasn't loosey-goosey was we were heading where I remember we're on the bus driving to the game at Wyoming and Wyoming had a linebacker at the time. I can't remember his name, but he was like leading the league in tackles and he was a big time name. Well, apparently that linebacker said something before the game. Oh no. And so Harvey is on the bus mad and I've never seen him like that on the bus. He's mad. And I'm like, dude, are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. Like I'm good. And I finally was like, talk to him enough. I'm like, what is going on? And he's just like, I'm going to kill that linebacker today. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so what happened is every time we ran the ball, it didn't matter which way the run was going to go. He took off towards that linebacker and he just kept hitting him and hitting him. And then we would hit him and then we would get all over him. Like, 
everybody, the other running backs, the line would just be like talking trash to this dude. <laughs> I am not joking you in the second quarter. He had tears coming down his eyes. I could see it as I'm at the line of scrimmage. This linebacker had tears. He was so upset and he was getting so beat up. He could not tackle Harvey and Harvey would just kept pounding it. And that's just the type of dude he was, man. Like he would just relentless don't cross him. You know relentless. what I mean? Like don't poke the bear. right? Yeah. So that, that's one of many fun stories I have about Harvey. But, oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, See, Max, the difference between Max and me is like Harvey was joking when he said, what do I do? I played with a couple of guys that, um, Mike Holmgren would send the play in or I'd run over and he would say, hey, this I need to go. Hey, and don't forget such and such is in the game. So you got to tell him what direction <laughs> to go. And so I'd come up to, to the line, Max. I, I'd call, I'd, I'd see a, the, a front, they'd be in over. And I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to check to strong here. So I'd right. check the strong. And I'd think, oh, crap, such and such is in the game. I would turn around. I'd go, hey, dude, you're not getting the ball now. Now you're lead blocking. You got to go to the right. And I'd go get back on the center. I'd go, oh, yeah. And don't forget it's on one. Like at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> so, and they weren't joking. So uh, Max Hall's Counseling Center, Victory Recovery. Uh, search for it if you need some help. And, uh, and Max, tell that quarterback sitting across from you, one, we're sorry we took you too long tonight. And two, uh, if someday if he's really, really good, he can be on a show called The Wise Guys. As right a, here. Everybody as say hi to Drew Cower. Here's my guy. Right hey, here. Drew. Hey, Drew. Uh, we were watching film before the uh, podcast started, so I said, why don't you hang out in here? So this is my dude right here. Drew, what's, awesome. the, uh, what's the over-under for American Leadership Academy and wins this season? We're winning them all 10-0. 10-0. Championship. Now you're sounding nice. like your coach. Because that's why he, yeah, that's how that's how he approached every season. Drew, let me ask both you this. of your coaches, and yeah. we don't we, we don't think this is any kind of violation. But uh, do you realize that you're sitting next to Max Hall and Ty Detmer is is the other offensive fluence in your life? Do you realize how lucky you are? Yeah, don't let him fool you. He's, he's not all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, uh, listen, Drew. He he is all that. Two two of the best college quarterbacks yeah. in the history of the game. You're you're pretty fortunate, brother. So he's, he's a good one, guys. He's doing a great job. So um, it's fun having Ty because when I get really mad at him, I can just be like, Ty, you talk. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Drew, no, listen, he's listen, doing a great job. So. Listen to both of them. And uh, Max, thanks for your time tonight. Max, we look forward to doing it again. Thanks for hanging out with us. We love this format when we can just visit with you. Three guys just talking football and talking life. And you're, hey, doing, you're hey, doing great things in both. We, we're proud of you. Thank you, guys, man. I, I pre Anytime you guys want me on. If there's anybody out there who needs help, um, go to our go to our Instagram. It's Victory Recovery AZ. You can DM us on there. We can set up a meeting. If you live in Utah or something, we can set up a Zoom meeting. Um, we can do whatever we can to help. So we're just looking to save lives, man. So if you have a loved one, a friend, anybody who needs help, please reach out to us and um, we can do our best. But thank you guys for having us on, talking about it. I always love talking ball, too. So anytime, you guys, I'm here. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Max. Max Hall, one of the greats at BYU. 11,000 yards. Yeah. You know how many yards that is? And, I mean, Ty threw for 16. So between those two, they threw for 2,700 yards. Yeah. and, and 27,000 yards. Competitors like you can't. And it's funny. I was, when I was telling him that Bronco story that Bronco had related to me, he's like, I don't remember that specifically, but I absolutely that probably happened because he knew that oh, that's yeah. the kind of interaction that he would have. Just telling Bronco, "Hey, you think you guys might stop somebody here before the, before the afternoon is over?" We had some classic. That was classic. Classic stories from the great uh, Max so, Hall. So good. And you know what? Like how how cool are the things 
And how important are the things that Max is doing right now yeah. to help people? And that's we love to see that. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I was in Las Vegas working when the story broke of his of his uh, troubles. I believe I was in Vegas uh, still at that time, and and uh, was stunned. You know, in the mugshot says BYU football on his yeah. on his T shirt, and it's like, what happened? And now that we know what happened, um, the the true triumph is what happened next. Right. And this is Max that, that's happened next. Because what's happened next is what's really important, right? It's, not, t- it's not getting knocked down. It's having the guts and the, and, and the fact that he's just out there with this story and not ashamed. He's not proud of what his past is, but he realizes that other people can be helped because of it. Yeah. And so he's like, it's got to be told. He, he doesn't love having to tell people what he went through, but he realizes it can help people, so he's out there doing that. That's that's unbelievable. And people, you know, people have been through a divorce. I've been through a divorce, and 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 there are things you don't like to talk about. But when you do talk about it, people can get help. People have lost loved ones, and those who who go through that experience can turn around and and be a strength to to someone who's going through that or through a terminal illness. Or, I mean, we're all this thing together, and none of us are perfect. And, uh, and, and we get to help each other. And, and Max is a great example yeah, of doing it. somebody doing that. So Mike, Mike Z, just me, um, chimed in and said, hey, Max, what, what, what you've been doing lately is one of the best services any former BYU athlete has done. And I'd agree with that. It's pretty cool. Future guests. Next week, Mark Wilson, first BYU quarterback to go in the first round of the NFL draft. We are excited to visit with Mark. August 9th, Dennis Pitta and basketball coach Mark Pope. Look forward to that. August 16th, Marie Osmond. I talked with her camp this week. She's excited about being on the show. Robbie Bosco will be with us, national champion quarterback. On the 23rd, we're going to move away from quarterbacks. We're going to talk to fighter pilots, uh, Major Clark Heyman. Yes. Uh, who helped orchestrate the flyover last year before the uh, Utah which game. Which brought good luck because it was a BYU guy heading that squadron up. And they're orchestrating the flyover before the Baylor game, which will be a big, huge home opener on September 10th. And Caleb Chapman's going to bring a saxophone, another BYU guy, along with Clark. One of the most talented guys I know, Caleb Chapman. Um, he went from sports to music, and he's made a spectacular career. So he's going to bring a saxophone. He's going to play for us. I think that's pretty cool. And Brandon Doman will be with us on August 30th. So and we'll have to verify some of the stories Max yeah. just told because, it would, you know, Max evidently didn't like it when Brandon asked if he was okay. Evidently, yeah. that was out of bounds. Apparently you don't was, ask Max if he's okay. You just let him play was, and leave him alone, right? That was out of bounds. That's offensive that, that Brandon asked if he was okay. While we're waiting for Harvey, let's go back to some of our notes. Uh, we were right in the middle of our headlines when we jumped right yeah, to, we, we, right we, to we, Max. Did, did, we, we talked about Tony Finau, but we talked about Jimmer Fredette. I don't think we did. We didn't We didn't get to let's, Jimmer. Let's, let's cover Jimmer because, uh, and you know, he, is he still playing right now? He had 29 in that yeah. game the other day. Let so me, the, he let led them. On the he placed Jimmer's in the basketball tournament, TBT, um, with a great team called the Money Team. Um, and in the first round, they got a, they got a victory. Jimmer scored 29. He looked phenomenal. He looked just like the old Jimmer, knocking down threes. He made four threes in that one. Nice to see him lighten it up on ESPN, just like the good old days. Uh, they're back in action tonight. It was on ESPN too, as we were coming on the show tonight. And it looks like they're up big. Uh, and from what I see, they won, and so they're one win away from securing the Dayton regional title, and then they'll go, I believe, go to the, the Sweet Final Six. Four. They go to the Sweet – well, doesn't this one put them in the Sweet 16 now? Is yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So they're they now in the Sweet 16. 16. they got to win that, and then they move to the Elite Eight. It, right, it was fun. Jimmer four. looked like the old Jimmer in that game the other night, which was really fun. And it looks like he lit it up again tonight, just staring at some highlights. and That's pretty fun. And, then, and it's great to see him on ESPN. 
yeah. you know, in ESPN2 tonight. Nice job, Jimmer. How about the NCAA Division One Council? They're going to recommend next month that oh student-athletes can transfer multiple times and be immediately eligible so long as they declare within a specific entry window. So that's going to go to the board of directors next month for for adoption, and I think it's going to pass. I think it is too. Which What's is, up with that? It's good and it's bad. Like, like As we talked at the very beginning, I, I feel for these players when a coach leaves and leaves them high and dry and they don't have the option to transfer. Now, that changed a couple years ago with the one-time transfer rule. Yep. But what if you what if you went to some place as a freshman you didn't fit in and you transferred and then things are going okay, then your coach leaves and leaves you high and dry. I've always felt like there should be an exception. When a coach leaves, the door should be open for everyone. I didn't expect that the exception would be, hey, there are, it's not an exception. Anybody can transfer anytime they want. Oh my goodness! The transfer portal is already killing college basketball. It's hard to. It's hard, especially in basketball, where um, you know you have you take six or seven, eight really good guys to win a title. What number six doesn't want to sit? Yeah. Then we can just leave. It's, and for a coach, you're like, what? What? How do I put together? How does Mark Pope put together a competitive roster with depth? Yeah, it's so it's so hard to develop depth when your sixth guy always thinks he should be your two guy. Yeah. Right, your seventh guy wonders why he's not getting more minutes, and so, so, so that's that's a that's a tough one. Um, I I think it's going to have a major impact. It transfer portal is already hurting college basketball. Yeah. It seems like to me more than more than football, but he can transfer any time. I think it's going to hurt both major sports. And well, I yeah, I'm agree with you. I think that's probably going to pass. More headlines and football news coming up. Yeah, You're we'll not going to want to miss. We'll, we'll come back to that. Harvey Unga is number two all-time in rushing at BYU and number two with 45 total touchdowns. Went great with his number. He ran the ball between 2006 and 2009. Ran for over 1,000 yards each season. He's preparing for his third season as the running backs coach for Kalani Sataki. And we welcome Harvey to the Wise Guys. Harvey, Welcome. What's up, guys? What's Appreciate up, Harv? Hey, we just talked to Max Hall for about 45 minutes. Man, does he love you. Holy cow, he loves you. That's Well, I'm glad to hear that. I was going to say I'm a little afraid of uh, some of the stories he might have told you guys. <laughs> well, I, we, we'll, we'll let you know. On yeah. one, he said that that you you were always – you would keep it light, which helped the team play looser. <laughs> he says sometimes in the huddle, um, you'd be coming out and you'd go, I don't know what I do on that, Max. What do I do? And and he would look at you like you got to be kidding me, and then you would just laugh, and you'd be like, "I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm just kidding." It would just keep it light. And he said that that was a big being loose and playing loose and having fun was a big part of the success of that team. Can oh, you ver- can you verify that that story? Is that true? Um, I cannot deny nor <laughs> confirm. <laughs> <laughs> he, no, he, we, we. I actually would. Um, that like. This game's so fun. You you guys like it, you know, this the game of football is like if you're not having fun, there's something wrong. Um, you know, you shouldn't be playing this game. So for me, that was that was the I mean, that was why I played this game because I loved it. I had fun and, and maybe a little too much fun at times. Um, but yeah, it, that was something that whether um it was just messing around with Max or um Half of the time he hated it, but I, um, if I saw he was getting tensed up or anything, I would just joke around with him and start like blowing in his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he'd look at me like, What are you doing? I was like, 
oh, I was just making sure you're okay. Like, Stop. Like, don't do that. I'm like, all right, my bad. Just See, we know we, now we know that Harvey is the reason that Max didn't just lose it all of those years. And, uh, and, he, and he kept him calm. He also did relate a story, Harvey, that he said one time you were really uptight and you wondered what was going on and you were really upset for some pregame comments that a Wyoming linebacker made and that you guys basically beat the crap out of that linebacker during the course of the game because you were mad at him. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't mad at him. Um, uh, well, never mind. I was, I was pretty mad. I, <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of, of guys that, that would talk trash before the games played and, and that kind of stuff to me. Um, same way I talked to my running backs. I'm like, look, just let your playing talk for itself. Um, and he, the, the guy had said some things that kind of annoyed me. And um, yeah, I, 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 sadly, I took it personal. Um, I don't know. Have you guys ever watched the the Michael Jordan documentary? Yeah. The Last Dance. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was funny. Like for me, that was like how I, I guess would motivate myself to play the game. Um, whether a guy will say something or not, I would kind of trick myself into like, well, this guy was talking about me personally <laughs> and I would use that. I'm like, all right, well, this guy said this. And even though the guy wasn't directing it towards me in my head, I'm like telling myself, oh, he meant this about me. So I'm going to teach him a lesson. And it was it like for me, it helped me out. But now looking back, I'm like, it's kind of a weird way to think. And if, hey, if Michael Jordan used to do that, which he did, he would fabricate <laughs> things in his own mind to get himself fired up, right? If you did yeah, that, yeah. if MJ did it, maybe it's okay. Maybe more of us should be doing this, right, Harv? <laughs> that reminds me of another play, Harvey. Yeah. DJ, can we play that run against oh, Utah? Oh, yeah, this, this play is one of my favorite plays. And, and I think you can see it on your screen. We're going to show you this play, Harvey, because I want to know what you were thinking. How angry were you on during this, this play? On this play. And uh, this was the game winner. We already Max already talked about the fourth and eighteen. So here we go. Uh, that got you down the field, and then here comes this play. Are you angry here? Um, I'll be honest. I was um, a lot, it, and it's probably a weird reason. It is a weird reason, but I remember um, going in. I couldn't find my helmet before that series started. <laughs> oh no! So I was running up and down the field because and I was trying to sub me in. I couldn't find my helmet for some reason. So that like started the frustration. But then after not finding my helmet, I got ripped a new one by a knife. So that made me even more frustrated and mad. Um, and then going in, I remember him telling me like, just make sure you don't take care of the football. And if you can, you know, just try to stay with if you can't stay between the hashes, try to get between the hashes because they were talking about if all else fails, then we'll kick a field goal and, and see what happens from there. But in my head, I kind of took that personal and was like, oh, so you don't think I can score? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got mad that, he, that all that stuff happened all at once. And me being dumb, young, and naive, I thought he like he, it was something personal, but it was just football. He's just coaching and doing, you know, playing the game and i took that person so i was kind of angry yeah. to start well, you, you, you ran over to 17 and 28 i know who they are i'm not going to say names <laughs> but you ran because i don't want to embarrass them on but you <laughs> ran over 17 and 28 when you turned around you I, you couldn't tell because he had a helmet on but it almost looked like you wanted to say something like 
don't ever think that I'm not going to run over you lightweight or something <laughs> like that. Were you, were you thinking about trash talking those guys? No, I was going to say, how are you? Okay. <laughs> Good job. Um, nice effort. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, exactly. That's um, awesome. It's, it's funny you say that the, and I haven't ever admitted this ever, but. Oh, here we go. Here we go. When, so I, I turn around because I was already angry from all of that. I actually turned and went to throw the football at the guy. Oh no. And luckily Sete, our center ran right in front of me. So it hits him and, and drops to the ground. And now looking back, I'm like, Oh geez, that would have been so bad. But <laughs> Cause we, we had to go, I think we had to make a two point conversion. Um, to get it to seven. Yeah. And yeah, put it away. Cause it was, it was 10 to nine. You scored, went for two, got it yeah. by seven and, and finished so that off. That would have, yeah, that, 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 that could have been a two point conversion. Well, and, and, and not that Sete's a guy that didn't play right on the edge of sanity all the time too. Right. So <laughs> I think it's yeah. ironic that Sete's the guy that keeps you from getting a penalty because, um, that dude always played right out there, didn't he? He he was intense up there up front. No, yeah, he. Um, I would say like you, obviously you want some nastiness in your linemen, and Seta was that guy. Like he he may have been the the smallest out of the, the the group, but as far as like just being nasty and a prick, like Seta was that guy. Yes. Like he, he set the tone. I love it. I Harvey love Younger it. is with us, number two all-time rushing leader at BYU. Now, we know this is typically a week where the coaches are off because it's the last few days of summer, and and you agreed to come on with us uh, um, partly because of the season premiere of After Further Review tonight was such a focus on your running back, Tyler Algier, and that season last year where he passed Luke Staley as the uh, single-season rushing leader. So thank you for carving some time with us. Uh, when you – saw Tyler playing linebacker to where he is today with the Atlanta Falcons. How do you describe that journey? Man, um, it's, it's one of the, for me, it's one of the coolest Cinderella stories. Um, you, you have a kid who, who's not familiar with BYU football at all out of high school, comes in as a walk-on, um, and in order to pay for everything and, and do everything, he's working the graveyard shift at Walmart, um, trying to help pay for school. And after, you know, doing the graveyard shift, he comes back in early morning lifts, from early morning lifts, goes to, to class, from class to meetings, meetings to practice, practice to um, study hall, and then sleeps for a couple hours and then does it again. Um, so it's, I mean, before the whole linebacker thing, like that in and of itself, just, you know, it shows the type of person that Tyler is. And, and for me, it's, it's one of the most humbling things to see. And I couldn't be more proud of him just from where, like you said, I mean, he came in as a running back and then moved over to linebacker. Cause you know, he just, he wanted to help out the team in any way he could. And then end up, you know, making the switch back to running back and just made the most of it and, and ran away with it. And now, you know, he's living his dream. You know, he, it seemed like in that COVID season when he, he settled back into the running back position, he got stronger as, as time progressed, but he also through 
seems to get stronger as games go on. Like, he may only average three yards a carry at the beginning of the game. It seems like by the end of the game, he's averaging six yards a carry. And as we documented today in our AFR show, University of Utah game, he just put, took the air out of the ball at the end of the game and just punished them down the stretch. And BYU held on to the ball. Same thing in the Arizona State game. Like, we went game after game. We're like, oh, yeah, and here's where they here's where they just turn it over to Tyler and say, Tyler, we just got to get first down or two first downs. What it is about him that makes him so tough in the fourth quarter of a football game? Um, Really, I, I mean, it's his work ethic. Like, And I know it, it might not correlate to some people, but – the fact that the kid was willing to, you know, jump through all these hoops to, to play the game of football, to be here, you know, work in the graveyard shift and, and um, you know, doing all these other extra things on top of training and stuff. It just it doesn't surprise me at all. It, you know, he, he had that type of hunger. Um, there was. I mean, he, he had goals and, and he worked his butt off to accomplish those goals and, and um, it. it you, you can talk to any of his teammates, um, our strength and conditioning guys. Like he, he worked out just as hard as anybody else, if not harder than anyone else. And I mean, you saw it on game day, the guy, I don't think I'm trying, I don't know if he ever missed a practice, let alone a game. Um, aside from the COVID game that he had to miss once, but other than that, I don't like just overall the kids work at He's a workhorse, and, and it showed you know, every single game. Your running style made it very tough for people to tackle you, and you're a lot bigger than, than Tyler. Um, what was it about his style that you worked on in practice that when you got him out onto the field, and David Nixon broke down some video of that during AFR today, what, what is it about the way Tyler runs that makes him tough to stop? Um, so when he first got here, he ran really, really high. Um, that, that was the one thing I noticed first. And that was something that we spent the whole summer doing drills of him, just getting his center of gravity lower, um, lowering his pad level and everything like that when he was doing drills and everything. Um, so that was, that was the first thing that we really started working on. Um, and then from there, it's, um, his his naturally he's got great feet he's got really great feet um and and obviously his toughness was a factor in it and, and his strength but um i really felt like the biggest key component to him being tough to tackle was just his pad level um i told him as soon as you can learn to run with a good forward lean and get your pads down it's going to be really hard for guys to stop you and, and um Everything else was just, I mean, you either have it or you don't. And it's something that I I can't coach it, and Tyler had it. And for me, it was it was fun to see him. Like, once once he understood what I was trying to work with him and, and you know, do things um, to help him improve his game, I mean, it was from there on, it was, it was him. It was Tyler. Tyler, Tyler and the O-line, they, they did their thing. When Was there a point – during the year last year, maybe it was before last year, where where you're going, you know what? I think this guy can play in the NFL. When when was that for you? Uh, it was actually his first year. 
Really? Uh, Is that right? Wow. It, it was 2020. Um, well, before then, so I, I got to work with him when I was a GA. Um, he had something to him. And, and like I said, it was when I was doing drills and working with him as a GA, he was doing things that I couldn't coach and things that guys in the NFL were doing when we were running drills. And I was like, okay, this kid has something. You know, I, I don't know exactly what, but he's got something. Um, but then as soon as we got into that fall of 2020, um, the very first scrimmage that he got to go live, I, like, you could see it. They, I mean, he was breaking three tackles in one run and, and, you know, scurrying off for like 50 yards to score and, and was doing it consistently. And from there, I was like, okay, this, this guy is like, he's, he's got something. And, you know, if, if he keeps trending the way he's trending, he's definitely an NFL back. So, I, yeah, I felt like 2020 was um, kind of where things came out and really just worked out for him. Harvey Young is with us on the Wise Guys. So what were your conversations like when he started to think, maybe I'll leave school early for the NFL <laughs> draft? You had experience with this after your junior season. What were those conversations like back and forth? Um, a lot of it was, it was just, we were talking pros and cons majority of the time. We just sat there and, and dialed out the pros and cons of staying and going. Um, and then we, we talked about agents and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then really a lot of it boiled down to his goals and what he wanted to do. I, I told him, I'm not going to, tell you to do one thing or the other, you do what's best for you and your family and what you feel is best in your heart. And I'll, I'm going to support you. I'll give you my two cents, but at the end of the day, it's your decision. And, you know, I, I trust you'll make the right one and do what's best for you and your family. But um, it was, it, I'm not gonna lie though. It was tough. Cause there was the, the games changed a ton. Um, and now with, with a lot of these guys that, um, have their insurance clause and all these other things that kind of give them a little bit of a blanket, um, whether they, you know, if they decide to stay, um, it makes a difference. Um, in the past, you don't have that. So it's easier to just say, Hey, go get your money and do your thing. But, um, for him, I felt like there, there was a lot of pros coming back. And I, I told him, I'm like, look, you, I mean, you'd be the front runner for the dope Walker award in my eyes. And in a few other, you know, coaches and people's eyes, like you could potentially be a Heisman candidate. Um, now, whether that happens or not, I don't know. And um, it's hard to say, but does that, you know, change your draft stock? Yeah, drastically. Um, you know, you may go from being a fifth rounder to now a first day guy that could go in the first or second round. And you go from, you're making a lot of money still, obviously, you know, getting drafted, but you're going from making a lot of money, a couple hundred grand to now life changing or, or generational changing right. money. And if, and, and if money's not the motive, then obviously like, you know, do your thing and do whatever you feel is best in your heart. But if we're talking, you know, business and money and all that stuff, like, who knows? And if it doesn't work out, obviously you have a safety blanket with your insurance clause that could still, you know, you're still going to make more money than 
if you get drafted in the latter rounds. But it's it's hard to say because now you're gambling injuries and yeah. you know if he doesn't follow up with the same kind of season, then what? You know, does he not? Does he fall off all the award list? Does he, you know, his draft stock drop? You know, a ton or so. It's I don't know. It was hard. We we had some really long, hard conversations, and um, bless his heart. I felt bad because I just looking at him. He he looked so stressed out and like, you know, his main focus coming in here. He and his mom um, talked about graduating. It's like. Yeah that was my main focus of coming to BYU was to graduate and get a degree, which is, would be huge because he would be um, the first in his family right. to do that. Yeah. And um, I didn't want to play that card against him. So I just kept quiet. Oh, he's got, uh, he needs to come back and get it. We need to get that. No. Him, right? Yeah. He, he needs to come he, back. He, and he get is. It. He yeah. is. He's got one class left. So, oh man, yeah, I, I knew it was close. Like, hey, it's it, it's 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 awesome. It's awesome to hear, because um, people wonder, you know, how the how those conversations go, and it sounds like you all helped him weigh out every single pro and con of this, and then just supported him in his decision, which is all you can do, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. and so now now here he is with the Falcons. Um, all the buzz coming out of there, I mean, they're just getting started, is he's going to have a great opportunity, maybe even a possibility to compete for a starting job. You were with the Bears. You know what the NFL is like. It's a tough place to be. What, <laughs> what, what's your thoughts on on his chances with Atlanta and on being a, a, a regular player? You know, Can he have the kind of success that Jamal Williams has had in the NFL? Is he that kind of guy? I, yeah, easily. I, I believe wholeheartedly. Um, one because of, like I said, his work ethic, but two, um, the situation he's in as far as running back going to Atlanta, he's sitting in a great spot. Um, there's really, there's one veteran guy there that he'd really be competing with. The other guys, I mean, they have like, what, two years or maybe three years on him, Yeah. Um, which they're still rookies in, in the NFL's eyes. Um, but him getting drafted and with – you know, having the spring that he had over there, I, I really think he's got a great chance of, of splitting time. And, and um, if if all else fails, um, before Tyler was Tyler, like the guy was our best special teams player. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like he, I mean, the guy could do everything. So there's there's that other part of, of his game that, you know, just helps him out tremendously. Um, but in my eyes, he's – He's an NFL running back, and I think I think he's got a great chance of, of you know being the guy. Um, I, I think in a short amount of time. Looking behind you, it's nice and green and quiet there at the practice field. That'll all change in a week, and uh, Coach Sataki will look over at you and say, "Hey, who do you got to replace uh, Tyler Algier? How do you feel about your running back room with uh, with Chris Brooks, really the newest face in that group?" Oh, I love it. I love it. it there's a uh, We've, we've got experience, um, you know, from the guys that have been here. But on top of it, you add on a guy like Chris who's, you know, had experience um, at, at the P5 level and um, is someone that came into the spring and, and just dove right in. Like he understood, like he grasped the offense really well, came in, you know, made some great plays for us in the spring, um, carried himself, you know, as, as a leader. 
and I, you know, I think he's, he's definitely earned the respect of his, his teammates over here. And um, he's also somebody that if, if things, um, if things go how we hope they go, he could be another NFL guy. Yeah. He has that kind of potential. If, if I have that potential, you know, whether I'm Brooks who has that potential or I'm Katoa or McChesney or Davis or Rapati that's lining up there, I'm feeling pretty grateful that I got a group of monsters lining up in front of me that may be as good as any offensive line in the country. Your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I like, I can't speak, you know, enough great things about the O-line. And, and you know, for each of those guys across the board, not just the first-string guys, but the second-string guys and some of the third-string guys, like, We've got some dudes over there, and, and I told the backs, I'm like, look, if you guys can't run the ball, that's on you. That's a, that's <laughs> our room. That's on us because those guys up there, like, I could line up my 12 year old son, and he'd be able to, you know, rush for 100 yards against. Him. Like, it's like yeah. those are those are the type of guys you got. All right, Harvey. So then let me ask you: uh, Is this line better than your offensive lines? Because you guys had some monsters. We we did. We had some amazing guys. Ah, so man, Dave put so, you on the spot, Harvey. He's put you on the so, spot. I'm going to ask you next. I'm going to ask you next. You had some guys too in front of your offensive line. Yeah, I line. know. I know. Um, man, I will say so. Athletically, we I believe I feel like our guys are more athletic on our team right now. Um, and and. Across the board, they're bigger. Um, as I mean, as far as technically sound and everything like that, I don't know. I feel like my guys were pretty, pretty dang good as far as like that part goes. Um, so it, I don't know. It's kind of hard because they, it's a different style of offense and different, um, different group of guys, but. I don't know. That's tough. That's a great question. What about right? your guys? You had Maddox. You had a nine. Well, so, he, I mean, he, Garrett. It, it depends. Like, over my time here, we had, like, multi-time pro bowlers and Bart yeah. Oates, and we had, you know, we had yeah. Trevor Maddox who played forever in the league. And so we had some guys. But all at the same time, like, I, I, I'm i not afraid to say, look, our dudes, my dudes were nasty and physical. And we won a ton of football games. Right. This group's bigger. Than, than that group. And I think before it's all said and done, if I just take the 10 right now with maybe the 10 my junior and senior year, there's more NFL guys in this group than the NFL guys. Like, we had NFL guys. Yeah. But I, th- I think they have a couple more of them. So they're deep, they're deeper with talent than yeah. we were. I'm not taking anything away from my guys. We'll line up and go play anybody I'm with not, my I'm guys. not trying to take we your led guys the nation. We led the nation in total or offense Harv, or with Harvey's my guys. guys. Harvey's guys were yeah. really, really good. We love our guys, right, Harv? We love our guys, <laughs> but but this group is deep, and they got a lot of yeah. NFL boys up there. So that's all. That's I'll, I'll leave difference. it at that. So your twelve year old could go for a thousand yards. Is that right, or was it a hundred? Go a hundred yard game. Yeah. hundred yards yeah. a game. Behind these guys, I shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guys, we got some dudes. Yes, yes. All we right, do. Here's some more hard hitting questions, and we get and we'll finish up with you in just a few minutes. We sure appreciate having Harvey. Ungone, the wise guys. So the Satakis just welcomed a new baby girl oh, into yeah. their family. It's been 12 years since Kalani had a newborn. And you and Kalani have a handful of kids. So what advice have you given 
the coach to get him back up to speed. <laughs> like you're, you're way, you're way closer to it than he is. It's been a long time for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I like, he, um, we, we were just texting back and forth and he's like, man, I don't know what I'm doing over here. And I was like, hey, it's like riding a bike, bro. I'm sure you're going to be just fine. Um, I was like, if, if anything, I was like, just make sure Timberly's happy. Whatever you do, just make sure Timberly's happy and everything will work out. That's um, good. That's good advice for all of us. Right. Yeah, Even me, yeah, all our kids, yeah. my, you know, my babies are coaching with Harvey. Like, yeah. like Gavin is yeah, one of my, yeah. but but it's good advice. Like, I just got to keep Brenda happy. Harvey's giving advice to all of us. You better keep Diane happy. This is a family show. It's <laughs> yeah. family relations. That's the best yeah. advice you could give anybody, right? So how, yeah, I mean, how old's your youngest? Working. How old's your youngest, Harvey? She just turned four. Yeah. She just turned four last month. So, it's, so, I mean. You're still in the thick of it. You're still in the thick yeah, of it. Yeah, we're, we're still in it. We, um, I mean, after, yeah, I mean, she's our four. So, after the first three, I, I feel like I kind of have a grasp on things and realize like, Hey, just keep your wife happy and everybody else is happy in the house and everything works out. So I'm like, Hey, that's it. I'm just going to focus on that. That may be be the best advice we've ever had on this show. Words to live by. Earlier we had Max on talking about his project to help people in trouble. And now we've got Harvey on with uh, marriage counseling <laughs> yes, advice. This that's is what we like. This is an awesome. That's what we do on show. this show. Harvey, we got five questions for you before we wrap up. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We ask everybody these five. We'll, we'll compare it. We'll compare it to Max's, and we ask everybody that comes on the show the same five questions, just so so we can get to know everybody. You want to do them? Yeah. So we're gonna start off with your favorite movie. Um, probably Tombstone. I mean, aside from Top Gun, this new Top Gun, I'd say. Oh Tombstone. yeah, and nobody's mentioned that new Top. So Max said Braveheart. Which I thought was, and then he apologized. He said, said, "I I apologize. It's going to be Braveheart." I'm like, "What are you apologizing for? It's a great movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, Tombstone, Tombstone Two, and Maverick. We all love Maverick. We did a, we do whatever we want on the show. So Dave and I did movie review the week after Maverick came out. So and we loved it. What did you guys think? Oh, you okay? Oh, we loved it. We gave it like all kinds of thumbs up. And the fact that they made like 1.4 billion now shows that Americans still want a good movie with a good story. And nothing yeah, else, yeah. Yep. you know. Yeah, don't, we don't want to be yeah. educated; just we want to be, yep, entertained. And we all, we all, yeah. we all agreed that that Tom Cruise still has got it. Yeah, that oh, the action scenes it. were off the charts with the plane. And then what's yeah. the what's what's his love interest in it? Uh, I don't know, but she she nailed. Yeah, we also scene. agreed that she's hot. So there you go. Penny? What? No, no, the girl that has his love interest in the show. What's her real name? I can't remember her real name. I can't oh, remember either. That's a great question. Yeah, but anyhow, she was Somebody, hot and she was great. One so. of our streamers will tell us here in a yeah, second. Yeah, they'll tell us who it is. <laughs> All right, so Tombstone slash Top Gun. Yep, so favorite cereal. Favorite cereal. Uh, O's. O's. Man, yeah. I haven't heard that, man. Do they still make O's? They do. Yeah. They do. They actually make that huge, like, value bag brand now. Oh, okay. Yep. At Walmart. So, My, well, Max's, Max's was uh, um, peanut butter, Captain Crunch. My, mine is cinnamon life. And, yeah. and, and Dave's is. What's, what's yours again? Captain, like Captain Crunch. He's like regular Captain Crunch with no crunch berries or peanut butter things or anything. Just plain old Captain I had Crunch. had it this morning. It was okay. outstanding. Yep. So, okay. <laughs> F- favorite band? <laughs> Band. Oh, hey, it was Jennifer Conley. Yeah, thank Jen- you. Thank you. Um, Jennifer Conley. Bar- Barrister Beast. <laughs> Jennifer Conley's the girl that we said was hot and a great actress. So okay. There you go. Hey, there you go. Favorite band. Um, 
Bob Marley and the Whalers. Bob Marley and the Whalers? That's awesome. Yeah. I'm writing that one down. I'm yeah, I'm writing it down, too, because that's a good one. Okay. Question four. Your favorite NFL running back? Current or of all time? Of all time. We'll do both. Because Matt, we did the same thing on quarterbacks with Max, and his his oh, okay. of all, his of all time um, uh, was Brett Favre. Um, okay. Uh, who do you say was his current? He said Tom Brady. He he loves to watch, but he loves Josh Allen. So now you get Josh to do Allen. your Josh your position. Allen. So your favorite current, and then your favorite all time. Um, current Tyler. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Algier. Okay, I love that. Oh, I love that, but Jamal's going to be mad, but love that's the, okay. Love the loyalty. And then, who's I, are you mad at Jamal because he got a few Jamal. more, a few more yards than you? Is that is that why Jamal's not on your list? <laughs> nah, I love Jamal. Knows. I love Jamal. <laughs> okay, so we'll um, do one A and one B. Tyler and Jamal. Then who is yeah. who's who's your favorite all time NFL running back? Um, see, that's where it's hard for me because I have a one A and one B there too. But okay, give us both. Give us both. Sweetness and Barry Sanders. Those uh, those are uh, my two. There you go, um, Walter Payton. Yeah. And Barry Sanders. I did a uh, – I emceed a thing in Vegas uh, one year, and um, Walter was the keynote. And so he and I sat next to each other having lunch, talking about stories. And, um, you know, he's not with us now. But would, he, brought a, um, he brought a style to the running back spot. That, no, no doubt. And he's such a nice guy. Absolutely. Hey, I, I rewrote Chad question five. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I didn't even see this until just now. Your favorite, I was go pay. Your, your favorite live stream hosts of all time. That's what we My do, favorite. by the way. It's got to be Dan. I'm talking to him. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what. That's oh I'm man. I'm talking to him. That man, that's, of, that, that's borderline <laughs> pandering right there. That by brought Dan you the second question. question this one's going to have a little more teeth to it. Uh, since right. we had Max on earlier, um, who was Max's number one weapon? Was it Dennis Pitta, Austin Colley, or Harvey Unga? I mean, me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, that's hard. What do you mean? You just answered it. There's you said Harvey. it's Harvey. No, I can't say me. Yes, <laughs> you can say it. Stick with it. Max, well, I think I bugged him the most because I was always next to him. Yeah. So he had, like, no choice half of the time but to throw me the ball because I, I would just annoy him. Um I don't know. That's tough, though. That's really tough. Max, Did Max answer that? No, Max just said he loved that when they would come out of the huddle, it, it's like he just knew that they couldn't double anybody because there was just too many weapons on that offense. You know, with, oh. with you and Dennis, just people forget about Andrew George. He's like, we had weapons all over the field on that team. You know, He hated it. If he said he liked it, he hated it. <laughs> he, I'm telling you this because we, like, there was – a point in a few of our games where he, he like got mad at us because Austin was like, just throw me the ball. And then you hear Dennis, Dennis like, throw me the ball. I be in the backfield with him. Like, if you want a first down, throw me the ball, Max. Like, like, and then obviously you had George and everyone else, but it was nonstop between us. Yeah. Like us three. Yeah. Just does that, that, does that, that happen all, all the time? Oh yeah. Cause I, I've told these guys, Harvey, like I, you're just giving me a flashback. I'm, we're playing Michigan for the national championship. Robbie gets knocked out of the game. I come in. As soon as I step in the huddle, Glenn Kozlowski goes, dude, I'm I'm freaking wide open on every play. And I, I'm like, okay, okay, Glenn. And then I kind of stick my head back in the huddle, and Mark Bellini's on the other side, and Bellini goes, he's full of crap. I'm open on every single play. How does this play. all happen in now, 25 now seconds? I'm, now I'm completely confused. Yeah. Like Everybody evidently is wide open on every single play. So, Yeah. Oh, so, that's hard though. Yeah. I mean, 
two. Well, more often, I couldn't choose. More often than not, oh, when he gave you the ball, you got him a first down or a touchdown and a phenomenal right. career. And, and now you're teaching the running backs. And big challenge ahead with, uh, with the new group in the room, the veterans in the room, and, and the new face with Chris Brooks. But uh, uh, we will see it practice next week. We, and we, we know, sure appreciate We know your you're up for a hard And we thank, thank you so much for spending time with us during your off week. We appreciate it. Uh, we love you, man. And we wish you the best of luck. Love you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Can't wait to see you guys. You got it. See you next week. The great Thanks, Harvey Unga. Number two all-time rushing at BYU and and uh, off week today, but came in so he could be on the show and talk about Tyler Algier. He's the best. The feature on after further review. And by the way, next week on AFR, we'll roll out the annual touchdown show. Oh, yeah. All the touchdowns from last season. Next Tuesday, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain on the BYU TV app just before an all-new Wise Guys on Twitch and wiseguys.com. We remind you, if you missed tonight's season premiere, of AFR with Tyler Algiers run into history. You can watch it anytime on the free BYU TV app or BYUtv.org. And after listening to Harvey, how can you not go back and oh watch gosh, it again? Oh my gosh, you got to go watch Tyler and, and his run into history. And how, how you know what? We forget, um, and we didn't talk about it on the show today because we talked about his unselfishness and his willingness to go over and play linebacker and be on special teams. Yeah. I, I thought that Harvey just says, hey, before he played running back, He's our best special teams guy. You know, and that's how you make a team if you're not starting in the NFL. But I forgot about that whole story of him working graves at Walmart. Right. And if you remember, you know, they called him, they, they found a scholarship for him. We're going to bring back over to running back. And, and they, they couldn't find him. And he had gone home to work. They're like, no, dude, get back here. We've got, we've got your scholarship. We're going to take care of you. And Peyton Wilgar, similar stories. Yeah, it, of guys it's, like it's I, amazing stories of resilience and commitment and work, and uh, and both of those guys, he and Peyton Wilgar, um, it shows out on the field. They're unbelievably unselfish. They're great examples, um, and uh, didn't matter. They they get slapped back down, and the opportunity just didn't seem like it was there. They didn't stop. They're just grinding. And and now they're in the and I'm telling you if Peyton Wilgar stays healthy he's an NFL guy too yeah and they both have a similar story I'm glad we have ten more minutes because we have so much to get to yeah uh, we go we go we going back to some of the some of the things that we were going to talk about um, just on headlines we, alone then we're yeah. going to get to some football news but I, I noticed this week that uh, CBS's John Rothstein uh, updated his um, top ten right for basketball and he's got North Carolina number one Gonzaga number two and Creighton. Uh, is number three, and Kansas is number nine. BYU will face Gonzaga at least twice. Yeah, They'll play Creighton in December in Vegas, and they could meet up with Kansas in the Bahamas tournament over Thanksgiving. Ouch! All that tells me is I just have one big question. Are we going to the Bahamas to help cover that tournament? And I think we're going to have some football did, duties. Didn't we talk about originating this show from the Bahamas at some <laughs> point? When Mark Pope's on with us on August 9th, we'll ask. By the way... Jack, do we have the budget to originate the show from the Bahamas? We already He's budgeted. already that's budgeted. Odd, okay. That's awesome. That is, that's Did you see uh, Mark Pope this last week officiated Alex Barcelo and and uh, Zoe's marriage on yeah, July 20th? I, I saw that. How cool is and that? And we're going to talk to him about that when we get him in here. But I saw the picture, and I thought there's there's Coach Pope. He's it's really cool. He's marrying those two, and he's a renaissance. Mark, Mark's a renaissance man. He does, he's he's like he's just good at a lot of things. Who knew he was also, <laughs> you know, uh, had the ability to officiate in weddings. Um, CBS Sports got a new poll out. Yeah, so they they listed its best in college sports rankings for the twenty 
uh, 21-22 school year, every FBS program is rated in three sports, football, men's basketball, and women's basketball, along with two wild cards among the school's most success, uh, successful spectator sports. So they'll take the other two best sports on campus. Um, Michigan was number one. That's yeah. not, not surprising, all right? Followed by Notre Dame and Ohio State. How about BYU coming in the top 20? They were ranked tied for 17th with Iowa State. Hey, One D- spot DJ, ahead. can we go to two shots? Oh, there's Blaine. All right, yeah. go ahead. One spot ahead of Texas and two spots ahead of UCLA. Interesting. So BYU's overall sports program, when, when the Big 12 came to BYU, it was, it was primarily about football, right? But And basketball. But BYU's overall sports program is a top 20 program. Yeah. And, and all of these things that are coming out show that. Um, and BYU's women's sports, what a year for BYU's women's sports this last year. I didn't think we'd be ahead of Texas. I was surprised by that. Ahead of Texas and two spots ahead of UCLA, yeah, who just right. went to the Big Ten. Yeah. Oh, boy. they got to fix their football program. Yeah, they got to do something. Michael so. Rucker is currently the only BYU Cougar on a 40-man Major League roster right-hander for the Cubs. You can read about his wild ride in professional baseball at Deseret.com, the Deseret you, News. That's, the, that's Dave's team, Search by the way. Michael Rucker. Or Dave McCann. It's an article that really came together. Spent some time with him, and it's fascinating. How's, how's your team doing, by Cubs the way? Cubs have won six in a row. Yes, thank you. Uh, just in time to trade away the rest of our good oh players. But gosh. that might open the door for Rucker for some more opportunities. So we'll, we're going to go so, with that six in a row, including today. That may never happen again. So Deseret.com, the article that you wrote. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if you're not catching Dave uh, on his Deseret News articles, I've said this before. I'll continue to say it. You know, Dave writes a lot of the things. He, he writes the format for our show here. He writes the AFR script. One of the best writers I've ever known in my life, and I've worked with some great writers. Um, but now as a news writer with the Deseret News, there, there's nobody better. So if you're, not, if you're not following Dave on the Deseret News, you're missing some great, great articles. A gifted, gifted writer, my guy right here with me. Words of a, a true co-host. <laughs> come, come on. Like I, I, I've read a lot of articles in my life, and I've worked with a lot of producers and writers. How many thousands of television shows have I done in my lifetime at the network Lots. level and here at BYU TV? Dave's the best writer I've ever worked with, hands down. Thank you. All right, let's do our countdowns. Okay. Eight days. That's it. Eight days until the Cougs report to fall camp, August 3rd. That's awesome because it's been a long time coming, and now it's just eight days. G- Gavin reminded me today, Dad, we report on Monday. I'm like, yeah, coaches. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. So he, he wanted to remind me that uh, freedom is almost gone. Monday, <laughs> he reports. All right, next one. 39 days until, until the season opener at South Florida. Raymond James Stadium, home Tom Brady. of Tom Brady and the Bucks. That's going to be cool. September that's, 3rd. That's an afternoon game, and we'll have a two-hour pregame and, yes. and postgame. And, and then later that night, we'll be watching the Utah-Florida game. Both yep. teams are in Florida that day. Very and, cool. And the start to some very important seasons. Yeah, 47 days until the home opener against Baylor on September 10th. F-15s are going to buzz the stadium. That's yeah, going to be We'll awesome. have those guys. We're going to have those guys on and talk about the, the flight plan. And I'm hoping that they're willing to go below the hard deck. <laughs> We're going to ask Major Clark Heyman on August 23rd. Maybe we can get a commitment from him. Uh, as, yeah. you know, yep. As long so. as our show's not being bugged by the... Armed forces, we might be able to do that. Exactly, which it might be. NFL countdown, all the teams are in camp. Training camp is underway. Taysom showed up today. We talked to David Nixon. Today's the last last of the 32 teams today, right? And he passes physical, which which is significant coming off the Liz Frank, and so he's 100% ready to go. Zach's already there for the Jets, and all the handful of Cougars, and there's a lot of them, 
they're in camp tonight. Yep. Hey, one of our guests asked, is 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 an audience allowed for a pregame show? Still have they're rebuilding a bunch of the studios. So we're going to be in a different studio, a whole new set. So that's still up in the air. I will tell you this for home games though. Yeah. And we had uh, um, Junior Phillips, David Phillips on with us last last week. And he took me through some of the the things and the renderings. We're going to have a huge stage out in Cougar Canyon for home games. So make sure that pregame, you're there, uh, out. Come out and uh, hang out with us. Come out and hang out. It's just like a game day atmosphere. Be on this, you know, be on television with us. Make a poster that says Wise Guys on yes, Tuesday do, night. Yeah, oh, something will, like that. We'll make sure that will be on. some type of an award for that. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Nine so. days until the preseason opener. Nine days and we're going to see a football game on NBC with the Raiders and the Jaguars. Yep, August 4th, That's NBC. Cool. 27 days until Zach Wilson faces Tyler Algier. The Jets and that. the Falcons. It's an ESPN game. Should we do a watch party? We might do, and it's a Monday. Check your schedule. Monday, August 22nd. We'll look at our schedules. And see, and maybe, Jack, we maybe, may want to do a watch party that night. put a question mark on that one. Okay. If, we, if, if we can work that one out. That, that way we all watch the game, and then we, we just visit We just about talk about it, it and we'll here. visit about it. So, Yeah. Well, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Did somebody right. ask about that? So August 22nd, let's circle that, and then we'll, we'll Yeah, are you guys still doing a double watch today, party right? on Saturday, August 27th with Utah State versus UConn and Wyoming and Illinois? Because they're... Because they're yeah, that's right, and we, I don't know. We'll have to th- we'll have to see because everyone has to have access to the game to have a watch party, right? So we got to see what like obviously on the twenty second, um, that one's going to be on network. That's on ESPN, the the mothership. So we can all watch it, and we can all talk about it as we're watching at least the first half. Because yeah. I doubt Zach's going to play a lot, but you got to feel that Tyler's going to get some serious yep, yep. So. stuff. So we'll, we'll circle okay. the calendar on that one, and then they start for real in forty five days. Yep, Bills and Rams. In the NFL season opener. And Max Hall's favorite current quarterback in the NFL, the quarterback of the Bills. Um, and, hey, you know what? The quarterback of the Rams not too shabby. Josh either. Allen. Yeah. Stafford? Is yeah, it Stafford? I, I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's paid his dues, and I loved seeing him there with the Rams last year. Let's let the networks know we're going to go a few minutes over tonight because we've got some football notes to get yeah, to. Let's get through this. Scheduling BYU and North Carolina State, they've canceled their home-and-home home series that was scheduled for 24 and 30. So uh, 2024 in Raleigh and 2030 in Provo, obviously. Um, you know, BYU's got to have, has, BYU has had to make a lot of adjustments uh, being in the Big 12. This leaves Nevada at Utah, at Wyoming, at East Carolina, and at Utah Tech on the books. Remember, only three games yeah, can you? actually stay on. So you can take off of that one. I think you, you keep at Utah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I don't know. Nevada's at home. Probably keep that. Um, and... Uh, and maybe Utah at Tech. Utah Tech. That's probably, I think that those are probably three that are going to be left. Um, as for 2030, with North Carolina State off the books, only Utah and Virginia Tech remain on the schedule. So you got two yeah. P5s on the schedule. You may get rid of that Virginia Tech game, pick up an, an FCS and an FBS that's not a P5 in, in, that, in that first three for that year. Puka Nakua is on the Bolitnikoff watch list for the coming season. The award honors the nation's outstanding receiver. It's watch season, as you're going to hear as we run down some of these that have just popped up. Uh, Nakua caught 43 passes for 805 yards last season, 18.7 per catch, six touchdowns. Best outing came against Baylor. Remember, he had five for 168 in his first BYU touchdown. Cougars haven't won a Bolitnikoff, but Nakua's on the watch list. Yeah, you and I and Nixon were talking about this before our um, AFR show today. He was the best player on the field in the Baylor game. Like, Baylor's a top-five team with a bunch of NFL guys. BYU is a bunch of NFL guys. Puka Nakua in that game was the best player on the field. That gets me excited for the rematch. Yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. 
Connor Pay, uh, also one of the BYU's uh, football guys, the starting center, named to the Remington Trophy watch list. That's to the outstanding. This is award given to the outstanding center in college football. Pay at six five and three hundred and twelve pounds, just a sophomore, part of an offense uh, that scored on eighty nine percent of its red zone trips last season. Anytime they got the inside, the 20, inside the twenty, they, they went and scored touchdowns. Seventy five percent of those trips were touchdowns. Um, Pay coming back for encore performance. He filled in and started a bunch of games in relief for an injured Empey, and it's 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 his deal this year. He's a he's a good one. Isaac Rex is on our watch list for right. his foot, right? But he's also on the John Mackey watch list for the nation's most outstanding tight end. He's six six, and he was on the list last year too. Yep. Uh, he finished number one among tight ends as a freshman. Uh, in yards and touchdowns, but he fractured that ankle. It was brutal. We watched yeah. it all spring as he's been healing up. That fractured that ankle against USC. He's told us all along that he's good to go for yep. fall camp, and we're going to find out in a week. What do you think? I think he'll be ready to roll. I think you know. I think he'll be ready to roll. He had some ligament damage in there too, but he looks like he's going to be ready to roll. Got the swelling under control, and now we'll see if he's mentally ready to go. And hey, don't forget about Dallin Hoker right. too at that tight end spot. We got a couple of really really good ones. Um, at linebacker, loaded at linebacker as well, Peyton Wilgar, Ben Bywater are both named to the Buckus Award watch list. This goes to the nation's top collegiate linebacker, Wilgar, 6'3", uh, 225, back off the shoulder surgery, says he's good to go for next week. He looks he looks really good. I, I've seen him running around. And, uh, and new dad. Yep, new, new dad. dad Peyton. Uh, Bywater is 6'3", 235, ready for a sophomore season. I actually think Wilgar's a little heavier than that right now. I think he's up in the 235 range now, too. Yeah. 235, 240. I went off the uh, weight from uh, yeah. spring. I, I, th- I think he's put on a little bit and is ready to roll. Um, last year, when uh, Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar went down, Bywater stepped up and led the team in tackles. Um, and by the way, Wilgar also named to the Bronco Nagurski trophy watch list. That's for the nation's top defensive player across the board. Clark Barrington and Blake Freeland named to the Outland trophy watch list. As the nation's interior lineman, the best interior lineman. Barrington is 6'6", 302 at left guard. Freeland is at 6'8", 305 at left tackle. Why am I not running off the left side every single well, time? And, and Freeland told me he's going to be 310 for camp. That's 310? What he told me. Yep. Uh, so. BYU's won this award twice. Mo Elowanibi on offense in 89 and Jason Buck on defense My old teammate. in uh, 86. No one else from Utah, I believe, has won a Outland Trophy. BYU with two Outland Trophies. BYU's got... Outland trophies, they've got Heisman trophies, they've got Davy O'Brien Award trophies, they've got you name it, BYU's won the major awards, along with a national championship. They're a national brand. And a Heisman. Hey, have we said that lately? That's why they're in the Big Twelve. And now everyone else is saying it, which yep. feels good. So hey, four star tight end Jackson Bowers committed to play football at BYU during his Friday announcement. He sat in front of a table decorated with golf ball caps. These teams. You ready for this? Yeah. Alabama, Auburn, Washington, Ole Miss, Arizona, Oregon, and BYU. Offers from all of those. And he put on that BYU cap and said, go Cougs. It was awesome. So he also had offers from USC, Florida State, and LSU. 6'5", 225-pounder from Mountain View High School. Go Toros. I think you do it like this, don't you? Go Toros. Is that what they are? Yeah, I think they're the Toros. That was like a horn frog. This, no, that's a, that's a bull. <laughs> that's a bull? Go Toros. Right. If I'm doing it wrong, somebody let me know. I think that's, that, that's how it goes. Um, same school's former quarterbacks, Max Hall and John Beck. Phenomenal talent. How big of a get is it's that? It's a huge get. There were he some was, tight ends that they, they wanted all in the same group. I don't know if all of them are going to come to us. Well, well now that he's come, maybe somebody else goes, I don't know if I want to go compete with that guy. Yeah. I bet they get a couple of those guys. They had a huge recruiting weekend that he was a part of. That's a big get. This is a guy they really, really wanted. They want them all, but, yeah. you know. 
Uh, Texas three-star athlete Sayamoni Davis also committing to the Cougars over the weekend. He's 6'5", 225. He played tight end, but he's coming to play defense to be the rush end. That could be interesting. Big athlete yep. on the end. Yep. A Tyler I, I, Batty I think, type. I think, yeah, he could be really good. So um, ESPN's college game day starts their season on Thursday, September 1st at the West Virginia-Pittsburgh game. Still waiting on word on whether they'll come to Provo for that BYU-Baylor game on September 10th. That seems like it would be a really good choice. Really good game day possibility. Um, game day's only been here once. Uh, it was years ago on a BYU-TCU matchup when they were both ranked teams. Uh, the Baylor game is the same day as the Alabama-Texas and USC-Stanford games. So it might be a stretch to get him in Provo, but I'm, I'm certain it's on that short list, so we'll see One how One of the three goes. biggest of the day. I have a yeah. feeling they'll go to Alabama-Texas since they're going to, you know, we're yeah. going to the Big 12 together. Well, Texas and Alabama are doing the SEC thing together. But, hey, if they want to come out here, that's the best excuse right yep. there, Baylor yep. and, uh, and BYU. Speaking of games, week zero, that's just around the corner. Saturday, August 27th, two BYU opponents in action, as we yep. talked about a moment ago. Wyoming's at Illinois, and Utah State hosts UConn. Yeah, and, the marquee and, game of that day is going to be uh, Nebraska and Northwestern in the Big Ten. Right. But that's... That's when it starts. Yep, it August twenty second. It all gets going. Hey, I I want to ask you this question because, uh, um, what, you know, BYU boy seven sixteen says be honest. So he's asking us to be honest. Like when are when somebody says be honest, like aren't we always? Look, like most of the information like, on aren't, this show, aren't we always honest? So so it's so typically so accurate. Just so you know, you don't need to say hey, be honest. You can just ask us a question because we're gonna be honest. Okay, just we let's, will be let's assume that we're gonna be honest. It says, do you guys cheer for Utah when they don't play BYU? Um. Do you want to go first? No, I want you to go first. I uh, I would I cheer for Utah's third string during their scrimmage in the spring when they're playing the first string. So you want the third string to beat the first string? Yeah. So that's where I'm at on that. I don't cheer for them. I don't cheer for them ever, like ever. That doesn't mean I throw stuff and this and that, but. But if 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 they're playing if they're playing Bo Diddley Tech, I'm on Bryant Gumbel's side of the line on this one. I just don't. And I know you know Kyle Whittingham is your roommate, and and a lot of my friends, some of my best friends are diehard Utes. I get all that, and I wish them well and stuff like that. Hey, good luck this week. You got yeah, yeah. Cal and this and that. But deep down inside, I'm pulling for Cal. It's, it's, Does that make me a bad person? So, so BYU boy seven six. I remember Blaine saying one time the best Saturdays are when BYU wins and Utah loses. I don't think I ever said that. I don't think that's true. But that would be a good Saturday. Oh, that's you must have heard Dave say that. I don't know. Here, I just don't. Here, here's my feeling on Utah. I don't really root against them because, as you mentioned, Kyle's my roommate. So, I like him to do well. I want him to look look good. Um, I kind of always root for teams based on the impact it has on BYU. So, for instance. I'm looking at BYU and their ability to get into uh, uh, New Year's Six last year. There's a lot of weeks I was rooting hard for Utah because BYU had a win over Utah, and, and Utah needed to keep winning to strengthen BYU's strength of schedule. See, that's why you're a better person than me. So if it's advantageous to BYU, I root like crazy for whoever. Yeah. yeah we, including Utah. We don't. Uh, speaking on behalf of all the McCanns. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The Utah County McCanns. The Salt Lake McCanns are... are Ute fans, yeah, some of them. It's interesting because I, I grew up in New York. I didn't even know about the rivalry. I didn't know who Utah was. And when I played, they weren't any good. Even ask Kyle that. Yeah. When we played, Utah State was a bigger rivalry because they were better. They had a bunch of NFL guys. Utah was not good. 
We killed him when I played. Yeah. We never lost to him. We, Robbie Bosco and I sat in our dorm room as freshmen. We said the two things we don't ever want to do. We don't want to be the quarterback that doesn't win a conference championship because we'd won so many in a row. And for Pete's sakes, we don't ever want to be the quarterback associated with losing to Utah for the first time because we hadn't lost to them in forever either. And so it wasn't quite the right. So I don't have as much bitterness just because they weren't any good when I played. It's not really bitterness. It's just, it's just who we are. <laughs> I'm just, I don't so, wish him to so like, get COVID. I there, don't wish ill will. I no, just wish the other team scores more points. There's your, there's your honesty right there. Right. If it's advantageous to BYU, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, and, and Dave, it doesn't matter if it's even good for BYU. He doesn't want him ever to win. I'm just, uh, no. He wants them to go 0-13 every year. <laughs> and they're not. And, and part of it's because still. because the whole singing thing you used to have yeah, to do was, at KSL with you and Deanie, that scarred you for life. That left a scar, and, and we didn't enjoy it, Mike Hedrick and I, but we sang it, and she sang it last year, and it was glorious. So, so he said it was when, when BYU beat Wisconsin and, and – um, and Utah lost to Washington the same Saturday. It's, you, it's, it's quite possible you may have said I, that. I might have slipped up and said I don't know why I would have said it. but <laughs> So if you're, so, if you're saying it, BYU boys 716, it probably happened. I'm not going to deny it. So. A lot of things happen. So, um, so look, the Pac-12's got their media day. Just in some final thoughts, I know we're over. Yeah. We, I guess we're not really over. We can, we can finish yeah, where we, we, we got We got to get out of here. We know you guys have you guys lives get to other things. So. Um, so media day is coming up with a Pac-12. How in the world do you hold a Pac-12 with so much uncertainty? I don't know if UCLA and USC are going to come. I would think they would, but well, it's, it's just like what Texas, is it's just like happen? Texas and Oklahoma coming. And, and this kind of feels remember worse. Oklahoma State's coach said, "I don't even know why we're letting them in the business meetings." Yeah. So I feel it's probably the same. This one kind of feels worse because unlike the Big Twelve, which stuck together with the addition of the four. The Pac-12 could get torpedoed by these guys. Yeah, and so it's still up in the air. Um, you know, we, we had somebody from West Virginia saying now he's hearing that it's Stanford and Cal want to be a package deal and come with Oregon and, and Washington. And where would that put Big Utah? That would put Utah out. Yeah. And so uh, who knows at this point? I know. Pac-10, I wrote a column about pa- the five million sources. Yeah. Pac-10's closing ranks. We know that. They're acting like everything's just fine with a 10. And, uh, and we'll see because yeah. it's not going to be fine with a 10. They need to make some type of a move. Um and and I think the big Big Twelve needs to continue to be aggressive. That's my opinion. So maybe we'll have something next week. All right, this day in history, uh, birthdays, and then uh, we'll have our we'll Lavelle be, quote, and we'll be done. We'll be out. So July twenty sixth. Uh, more more happened on this day than you might be aware of. Yeah. So seventeen seventy five, post office is born. The and, post office. And Ben Franklin is named the postmaster general. How about that? <laughs> How, how would that interview go? How do you hey think ben? he would say, hey, hey, Ben, guess what? There's a thing called going postal, and it's not good. <laughs> I don't think he would be happy with and, that. And we want you to do some stamps, and, yep. and we want you in charge of the mail. Yep, so. And Franklin was like, but what else, what else do I have to invent? Yep, so. uh, 1835, the first sugarcane plantation starts in Hawaii. Now, that's impacted all our lives was more than CNH? most people think. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see a name on it. pure cane sugar but, from Hawaii. But it's outstanding, that pure cane sugar. Yep. It's everywhere, too. And sometimes a little too much of it isn't good for you. That's right. 1908, the U.S. Attorney General creates a force of special agents, which is the front, the forerunner um, to the FBI. On so this they day, created the, the pre, precursor to the FBI. The year the, the, the year the Cubs won the World Series, they created the FBI. Absolutely. That's, boy, it's been a while. So, All right, J. Edgar Hoover, speaking of the FBI, the first director in 1917. 1917. Then they, then they were off to the races. So how about in 1952, Mickey Mantle hits his first career Grand Slam? I told you I interviewed him before he died down in Vegas. Yeah, that's I'll cool. tell you about that Well, well you know, 
Okay, obscure um, trivia. On the Flintstones, what was the character that was like Mickey Mantle called on the Flintstones? Bam Bam? No, Mickey Mantle Peace. Was it, he was he made a guest appearance. Who was Bam Bam? One of the kids? Bam Bam was one of the kids with a big club. That I thought you'd go strong. Bam Bam with a Grand Slam. 1971 on this day, the Apollo 15 launches. Starts the fourth trip to the moon. Mm-hmm. And uh, 1972, NASA approves the construction of the, pace, uh, the space shuttle, which would change space travel. And Hillary Clinton on this day in 2016 became the first woman to be nominated for president by a major political party at the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. She didn't win, but she was nominated as the, uh, as the Democrats' choice on this day. So history in the making on July 26th of uh, 2016. Mick Jagger born. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mick Jagger. What's your favorite Rolling Stone song? He was born in 1943 on this day. Beast of Burden. Because that's I can, a good I can one. play that at one of the guitar. Give me shelter. Never be your beast of burden. That sounds just like him. Dorothy Hamill, 1956. And 1976, as a 20 year old, she was Olympic gold medalist. How many? Her hairstyle. Yeah. How people many, like, I'm like, I'm going to go get a Dorothy Hamill. How at, many people were influenced by her hairstyle? The wedge cut. My wife had a wedge cut like Dorothy Hamill, of course. <laughs> so. Sandra Bullock, 1964. What's your favorite? Sandra Bullock movie. Same as yours. Blindside? Yeah. Or, she's or in you know a what? lot. They're all the, pretty you know, the good. The other one I like, what's the one she's in with Ryan uh, where she has to get married to him because she's from Canada and they go up to his uh, house. It's a green card. Is it called no, green it's card? it's a green card. Are you sure? It, uh, something proposal. Something. The proposal. I don't know. But anyhow, yeah, I love that movie too. Sandra Bullock. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, born today. 1973. 1973. Yeah. Favorite movie of hers? She was in one with Adam Sandler where he had the clicker thing. I don't know any of her movies, but the world's a better place because she's in it. Yes. Kate Beckinsale. Number one song on July 26, 1983, Every Breath You Take from the Police. There was a time when you'd turn on the radio and you'd hear that every like 15 minutes. Yep. What a song that was. Yep. Yep. Number one movie, July 26, 1988. It's old school. Who framed Roger Rabbit? I forgot all about Roger Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. (laughs) Hottest cartoon character of all time. There you go. Who framed Roger Rabbit? All right, let's wrap it up with a a short but great quote from Lavelle Edwards. I hope I've been a good example to the youth of the church. When he was a great pretty, pretty simple goal, and he was, he was an a great example, example to everybody. He was a builder of, of men, of young men, yeah. and uh, he was phenomenal. We love Lavelle. Max Hall, Harvey Unger were our guests tonight, and we thank them. Uh, Mark Wilson is going to join us next week. How as, awesome is as that? As we talk to the first first round selection quarterback in the history of BYU. Pave the way for another one to come right behind him in Jim McMahon. And he had a unique throwing style. I still remember when he lit up San Diego State like oh, 63 he, to 14. He was three for three for three touchdowns to start the game. That's why he's on the you show. You kidding me? I can't wait to talk to him about Stuff that. Stuff like that gets you on this show. The podcast will be up tomorrow. Look for it. We're on YouTube as well. Encourage your friends to join us. Get on Twitch. Get a free account so you can ask our guests and us questions. That's how we're doing it as we as we build the, the largest community of BYU fans in the entire world. Thanks for being with us tonight. See you.